A new health centre in the Wolverton area of Milton Keynes, which was due to open today, faces a further delay. Ewan Duncan reports. Wolverton residents have been promised a new health centre for years. A mix-up over who would pay for the furniture threatened to scupper the official opening, but that was eventually resolved. Now with the finishing line in sight, there's a delay over the signing off of the building. Sarah Dockery from the Wolverton Patients Group hopes the centre will open in the next few days and that it's just a matter of finalising legal paperwork. The body of a 78-year-old Luton man has been found behind fencing at Compton Avenue. Andrew Goldsborough was reported missing on November the 3rd and Bedfordshire police say his death isn't being treated as suspicious. Google and Microsoft have agreed measures to block access to images of child sex abuse. They'll stop search terms associated with child pornography from producing any results. The former head of the Child Exploitation and Online Protection Centre, Jim Gamble, doubts the move will result in arresting offenders. Pedophiles don't generally. In fact, I'd go as far as to say very few actually use Google or Bing or any other legitimate search engine to seek out their images. They do it on peer-to-peer and deep web. So... I think what you have here is the result of a lot of pressure by government holding the moral mirror up, but I wouldn't start getting too excited just yet about this being a silver bullet. The government's aim of securing a lasting legacy of the London 2012 Olympic and Paralympic Games is in danger of faltering, according to a parliamentary report. The study by the House of Lords concludes there is little evidence that a step change in sport participation levels has materialised. NASA will launch a new mission to Mars this evening to try to find out how it turned from a warm, wet planet to a cold, dry one. And in sports, Sebastian Vettel in the Milton Keynes-based Red Bull set a new record for a consecutive win in a single season with victory in the United States Grand Prix. And the weather, cloudy and murky today with a high of 10 Celsius. Get the latest news and sport online at bbc.co.uk slash threecounties. We're coming to towns and villages all across our counties. BBC Three Counties Radio's big tour of beds, hearts and bucks. When you can come to places like Wolverton, you can find a lot of heritage, culture. It's not just the, the place, is it? It's the spirit of the people. All this week in Wolverton. You could never be bored here if you, if you didn't want to be. The big tour of beds, hearts and bucks. BBC Three Counties Radio. This is Ian Lee, BBC Three Counties Radio. Lots coming up on the show, including Kelly Betts trying to fix my studio. Kelly, oh, yeah. how's it going? Just trying, Just trying to fix stuff. Doesn't matter. What you? No one will notice. Don't do that. Don't do that. Don't do that. Oh eight four five nine four double five five double five is the telephone number. Lots coming up on the show, including a Luton man has been stabbed after trying to tackle three masked men who broke into his home. He woke up to hear his daughter screaming that there was someone in her room. Do you remember the new health centre that was definitely going to open in Wolverton this morning? We talked about it on the show last week. It was definitely going to open this morning, even if patients had to bring their own chairs. Well, well, well... Yeah, it's not opening. They're muffed up. They didn't get the building signed off. Oh, goodness sakes. It's a basic. All that, and we'll find something exciting for Justin Dealey to do. 08459 455 555. 
You can uh, go to facebook.com forward slash bbc3cr or you can send me a text, 81333, start your text 3CR. Across beds, hearts and bucks. This is BBC Three Counties Radio. A Luton man has been repeatedly stabbed after confronting burglars in the early hours of Saturday morning. 47-year-old Tony Abrahams was reportedly woken up by his daughter screaming that there was someone in her bedroom. He tried to open his bedroom door but found it was being held shut. When he forced his way out, he was attacked by three men in balaclavas. He's now being treated in hospital where his condition is said to be serious but not life-threatening. Well, our reporter Matt Lockwood has been speaking to one of Mr Abrahams' neighbours, Marie Adams. I think everybody's in shock that this sort of thing should happen on your own doorstep. Um, You know, I think it's very upsetting. And I mean, that lady lives on her own over there. And, you know, she must be in worse state than people that have got their partners. Um, It's all wrong. and, And why these people think they can go away and try and steal things from that people have worked hard for. I do not know. I th- it's just, I think everybody in the area is upset about it. Did you know Tony? No, not really, because he, he hasn't lived there all that long. Um, Peter, my partner, has lived here a long time, you know, but um, I think, uh, you know, we've sort of say hello to him when we see him and he always speaks sort of thing. If this thing happened to you, if you had burglars inside your house and you had a family to protect, would you do the same thing? I don't know. You know, you automatically, I think, because it's your property and if you're woken up in the middle of the night, like he obviously was, and you come downstairs and have a look and then to be stabbed on your own doorstep, it's wicked. Uh, I can't see how anybody can do that. You know, they're not human. They can't be human to do that. Or they've got no sense of responsibility, no sense of guilt or anything. Because obviously they left that poor man stabbed and didn't achieve what they went to achieve anyway. I just don't know what sort of people they are that would do that sort of thing. You know, there's no words for that. So you're, you're clearly in shock, those. aren't you? You, yeah. you don't expect this thing to happen in this no, area. No, no, not at all. It's just, well, it's disgusting. And I feel so sorry for the family because obviously they must be in worse shock than we are. Uh, you know, you don't know how to comfort them, really, because... Uh, they are in. They must be in a dreadful state, I should think. Well, that was uh, our reporter Matt Lockwood speaking to Marie Adams, who is a neighbour of Mr. Abraham's. Bedfordshire Police are appealing for information, and later on I'll be speaking to Detective Inspector Ian Morgan, who's leading the investigation. We built this city. We built this city on rock and roll. We built this city. We built this city on rock. Say 
morning, this is Ian Lee, BBC Three Counties Radio. 08459 455 555 is the telephone number. I'm a celebrity started last night. I missed it. Did anyone watch it? The lineup for I'm a Celebrity this year is pretty poor, isn't it? It doesn't seem to be the greatest uh, uh, mix of, of characters in there. Steve Davis. Now, listen, I like Steve Davis. He's really into his alternate prog rock. One of his favourite bands are Cardiacs, for goodness sakes. Uh, but Steve Davis, as, as we know, is famous for not having that much personality. So to put him in the jungle with, um, I'm guessing, well, there's the American, there's the fella who was in The Fresh Prince of Bel-Air. No, not him, the other one. Uh, there are uh, some, uh, a model... I'm guessing an exciting lineup or a poor lineup this year. What do you think? Oh eight four five nine four double five five double five is the telephone number. You can also go to facebook.com forward slash BBC three CR if uh, you want to, uh, and you can send me a text eight one three double three. Start your text three CR. I don't know, quite know what's going on. Why, are you, Ka- Catherine? What's going on? Why are you why are you laughing so much in there? What's what's happening? Oh, okay, nothing. Okay, I'm, I'm a little bit suspicious. Of their behaviour. Uh, it, it's listen. It's a Monday. Let us ease into the week, shall we? We can't expect us to come in all guns blazing. Could you turn the lights on, please? You can't expect us to come in all guns blazing on a Monday. It's, it's, we're easing our way into the week. That's all we're uh, doing. You're right. Yeah. What's wrong? Oh, nothing. Just had to do a bit of a dash. <laughs> really? Yeah. I think you can you can go and see a doctor for that. They can do something these days to help. Oh eight four five nine four double five five double five. This is BBC Three Counties Radio. It's coming up to a quarter past six. Let's get the travel. Travel news for beds, cards, and bugs. BBC Three Counties Radio. Pretty quiet so far this morning. The speed centres are looking good. The A5 northbound, though, is a little bit slow going past Dunstable. In St Albans, Hatfield Road has roadworks at the Woodstock Road. And in Woburn, the High Street has water main work with temporary traffic lights at Park Street. Thank you to Martin for phoning in with that one. This is Alice Gloss at BBC Three Counties Radio. Thank you, Alice. Right, 6.15. It's uh, Monday the 18th of November. I'm Ian Lee. These are your headlines on BBC Three Counties Radio. A man is in serious condition in hospital after being stabbed repeatedly during a break-in at his house in Lucerne. New measures are to be introduced by Google and Microsoft to make it harder to find images of child abuse online. In sport, it was eight consecutive wins in a row by Sebastian Vettel in the Milton Keynes-based Red Bull. The weather today, some bright spells in a largely murky day. And coming up, do you remember last week we were talking about the new health centre that was definitely going to open in Wolverton this morning, even though they didn't have enough chairs, but it doesn't matter, it was definitely going to open this morning? Yeah, well, it's not opening this morning. Somebody has muffed up spectacularly. Find out more after this. BBC Three Counties Radio. The Doctor, Saturday night at 7.50 on BBC One and BBC One HD. Gonna sing you an old country song From the heart So I can cry your name Call you when I'm sad 
When you have gone and run so far from me in the tree, so far. Walking down that old country lane, drops of rain call upon the ones who call your name. Will I see you again? And please just come on back home to me, so I'm not all alone. Gonna sing you an old country song From the heart From the strings of this old rusty guitar That was Jake Bug, Country Song. Naps title index. 08459 555 is the telephone number if you want to give us a call. Now, the big tour takes us to Wolverton and Milton Keynes this week, where people have been promised a new health centre for years. It was due to open this morning. We spoke to several people last week who assured us it would definitely open this morning, despite all the problems that were going on. But... There's been a new problem. Catherine Boyle is in the studio with me. Morning, Catherine. Hello. The official opening was uh, under threat from... There was this dispute, wasn't there, about the furniture. uh, that that No one knew who was going to pay for the furniture, and they were saying, it will open, it'll be fine, don't panic. It'll be great if patients could bring some chairs along with them, but don't worry. But then there's been a fresh twist over the weekend, hasn't there? Yeah, that's right. We were expecting to hear local people welcoming the opening, finally, of their new health centre in Gloucester Road today. But I'm afraid they now face a further wait because there's a delay over the signing off of the building. Um, And as we understand it, until that signing off process is completed, and that's between the developers and the building surveyors, no one can set an exact opening date. Now, this can't have come out of the blue because as someone who has had work done on their house, extensive work done on their house... You have to get everything signed. You, you, you couldn't then sell that house or do things with it until it's been signed off by the building surveyor. So how come no one's been aware of this there? It's a mystery. You'd have thought it would be obvious, but just as the finishing touches were being applied to the building and to organising who would supply the furniture and when it would be, be arriving, it might have been expected that everything else would fall neatly into place. But it's hoped this fresh delay will be resolved quite quickly and that the health centre could open in a matter of days. So we'll keep you abreast of this one. OK, so it's deadlock again. Patients uh, losing out. Uh, let's recap the events of last week. So let's start with, with the, the furniture. Right, OK. Well, let, bear with me, because this is a bit of a convoluted one. An NHS funding mix-up meant that doctors at the centre were begging for donations and not cash. They wanted chairs. Mm. There was even talk of patients bringing their own, the only proviso being that they were wiped clean. This all stemmed from an agreement reached back when the Primary Care Trust was running the show. It was going to pay £120,000 to furnish the centre. But then the Primary Care Trust was dissolved and replaced by the CCG, or the Clinical Commissioning Group, which is made up of GPs. It's their job to buy in health services, but they say buying furniture isn't part of their remit. That's where Wolverton came a cropper. Okay, and and what has happened about the furniture? Have seats been sorted out? There was a meeting last week, wasn't there? Yeah, NHS England called a meeting with GPs. It was the morning after we spoke to Sarah Dockery, a member from the Patients Partnership Group. They were calling a meeting with the GPs, and after much toing and froing, the doctors were offered a loan for that full figure, 120,000. A loan? 
Yes. Okay. There was also a positive response to an appeal made by Sarah Dockery from the Wolverton Patient Participation Group from local residents. The crisis has been resolved. Now, the GPs were reluctant to go for that loan deal because that wasn't the agreement that they thought they'd come to. NHS England say that now a grant is available as long as the money isn't spent on anything other than furniture. Someone has muffed up spectacularly here. This is just embarrassing. Plenty of seats, but the doors will remain shut on the health centre for the the meantime. Yep, that appears to be the state of play. Wolverton residents will be hoping they can access their new health centre by the end of this week, but nothing seems to be quite that straightforward at the moment. This is all to do with a handover between CCGs and PCTs, and I'm sure this can't be the only case of it, can it? We're speaking to Sarah Docker again, aren't we, later on in the show, I think. Okay, Catherine, thank you very much indeed. How embarrassing. Joe's in Letchworth. Morning, Joe. Morning, Ian. How are you? It's embarrassing, isn't it? It is, imagine, imagine the surgery centre in, in, in the list of saying, oh, start bringing your own surgical instruments for, for well, your operation. It's incredible. <laughs> and I know, so when you get building work done, you can't do anything with that building until it's been signed off by the council. That's what you have to do. I didn't know that. Oh, if you, well, I mean, if you're, getting, if you're getting structural stuff done, yes, you have to get it signed off. Anyway, Joe, did you like that song we just played before Catherine spoke, Jake Bug? Yeah, he sounds like, um, who's that fellow who used to be in cast? He's very... Oh, John Powers? Yeah, he sounds very much like him and sort of Noel Gallagher, and it's it's all right, it's a bit gimmicky, but he's all right. Well, he's he's trying to sound like this, isn't he? This This is what he's trying to sound like. How many roads must a man... That's, that's what he's after, isn't he? The Dylan oh, effect. Don't knock the genius, man. Whoa, whoa, <laughs> whoa, whoa. <Fight> talk. <laughs> Joe, you've called in about I'm a Celebrity. I have. Wouldn't it, wouldn't it be great to see Dylan in, in I'm a Celeb? Now, that would be a class act. Well, I'm, I'm, I'm being subjected to it every single night, Ian. Really? So, yeah. What, why? Is your missus a fan? Yes, a massive, massive fan. Ouch. Um... Yeah, tell me about it. There's no... Per- now, listen, I do... I, I quite like a bit of I'm a Celeb. Hey, I was offered to go in there a couple of years ago, and I said no, but I, I do enjoy it. But it doesn't seem the, the most stellar lineup, does it, this year? Steve, interesting, no charisma, Davis. Yeah. You've got uh, Alfonso, who used to be Carlton in The Fresh Prince. <laughs> <laughs> some, some, some lady from a soap opera, Kian from, from Pond Life. Um... It, Who else? It's not great, is it? It's it's a bit lame, but then again, like, it's like and then you've got Matthew right. Well, he's he's the most comical one out of the lot, isn't he? I like Matthew. Matthew's a he's a plonker, but he's a nice bloke. He is, but he is he's such a Jesse, isn't he? Yeah. Oh, oh yeah. Big girls' bows. <laughs> so, so, Joe, you're going to be watching it, are you? Every single night, I'm afraid. Okay. Well, you you can be our unofficial. I'm a celebrity correspondent, and only if we get really slow on material or, or uh, stuff for the show, Joe. Then I would like you to call in and let us know what's happening. Okay. Well, we just had one track from the new Jake Bug album. Let's have another, shall we? Here's Jake Bug with Lay Lady Lay. Lay Lady Lay. Lay across my big breast bed Lay, lady, lay Lay across my big breast bed Whatever colors you have In your mind I'll show them to you and you see them shine Lay, lady, lay Lay across my big breast bed 
Stay, lady, stay Stay with your man a while Until the break of day Let me see you make them smile His clothes are dirty but his His hands are clean And you're the best thing that he's ever seen Stay lady stay Stay with your man a while there not quite there yet can't do the uh, the falsettos but i, I think it's going to be okay so stand james whale down stand james whale down morning this is ian lee bbc three counties radio i'm still shocked by this medical center they didn't get this the, they, they didn't get the building work signed off by the bloke from the council now if you've ever had um the building work done that needs to be signed off oh man when that the building surveyor comes around from the council it really is a terrifying experience all right you've got to change this uh, this wasn't in the agreed plans and you need to change this and it would put in low voltage low wattage light bulbs oh, man, alive. but that's that's an obvious that's a basic who's in charge of this thing over there it's been one disaster after another 08459 455 555 is the telephone number. By the way, in the next 15 minutes of the show, Catherine Boyle will be back in the studio. Um, so it, it's either time for you to go and make a cup of tea and cook your breakfast. It might be something. I'm just being fair, Catherine. I'm just being, Whoa, just being fair. Well, no, I'm just saying that some people, that 15 minutes to them is um, lost. It's a dead 15 minutes. <gasps> Go and do a fry-up. Go and, go and have a shower and a shave. And then come back. But come back about, you know, 10 to 7 and JD will be on. Back, back to the fun times. But, 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 there are some people who might want to phone in and take part and enjoy your company. Mm. So you can do that as well. 08459 455 555. If you want to call in and join in with the paper review, you don't even need to have your own newspapers. That's how good we are to you. Travel news for beds, cards and bugs. BBC Three Counties Radio. 
still quite quiet so far this morning. The speed sensors are picking up a little bit of slow moving traffic on the M1 southbound after junction 10 for Luton. Cameras aren't picking up any problems, but it is foggy out there, especially on the M40. Looking fine through the roadworks around junction 7 for Tame, though, with the 50 mile per hour speed restriction and the narrowing of the lanes. Public transport has no reported problems. This is Alice Glossop, BBC Three Counties Radio. Alice, thank you very much indeed. Well, it sounds like the roads are fine. Let's go driving, shall we, guys? Right, it's coming up to 6.30. This is BBC Three Counties Radio. Time for the latest news and sport now. It's Jane Killick. Across beds, hearts and bugs. This is BBC Three Counties Radio. It's 6.30. Good morning. A man repeatedly stabbed during a break-in in Luton is in a serious condition in hospital. 47-year-old Tony Abrahams confronted intruders after being woken by a noise at his home. A new health centre for Wolverton in Milton Keynes has been delayed, but it's hoped it's only a case of completing paperwork. Leading search engines are to block images of child abuse. Thousands of search terms will no longer find illegal material. And the weather, cloudy and murky today with a high of 10 Celsius. On to sport and in motor racing, Sebastian Vettel has become the first driver to win eight successive Grand Prix in the same season. After victory in the United States, he celebrated with a trademark donut spin and then got quite emotional as he thanked his engineers at the Milton Keynes-based Red Bull team over the radio. In football, the Liverpool striker Daniel Sturridge says he's fit and ready for England's friendly against Germany this week. The 24-year-old missed Friday's game against Chile at Wembley due to a thigh problem rather than a foot problem, which had been widely reported. Luton Town drew one all at Chester in the conference on Saturday. Andre Gray scored for the Hatters in the first half. Chester equalised and Luton manager John Still says despite making tactical changes, the winning goal wouldn't come. Yeah, now we're sharp. They changed a little bit, dropped one in the hole. Uh, caused us a few problems. We altered something very slightly at half-time and I thought we had the ascendancy and to say, you know, wanting the goal, didn't quite get it. The FA Trophy first round draw is made today. Luton Town are in the hat, along with our non-league sides from the three counties who won at the weekend. David Hayes' boxing career could be over. The former world heavyweight champion has been advised to retire by doctors after he had major surgery to reconstruct his right shoulder in Germany last week. BBC Three Counties Radio News and Sport. I'll be back with a full bulletin at seven. Across beds, hearts and bucks. This is Ian Lee. Right. BBC Three Counties Radio. You've got two minutes, 36, to give us a call if you want to take part in the newspapers. 08459 455 555. We've had two tracks from the new Jake Bug album already, so let's have a third. Shed his skin to find a butterfly within. Caterpillar sheds his skin to find a butterfly within. Caterpillar sheds his skin to find a butterfly within. Caterpillar sheds his skin to find a butterfly within. Caterpillar sheds his skin to find a butterfly within. 
the villa shed his skin to find a butterfly within. First there is a mountain, then there is no mountain, then there is. First there is a mountain, then there is no mountain. To see as it lies on yonder hillside Look upon my garden gates a snail That's what it is Look upon my garden gates a snail That's what it is Caterpillar sheds his skin To find a butterfly within Caterpillar sheds his skin To find a butterfly within You can't go wrong with a little bit of Donovan. You can go wrong with a lot of Donovan. That's that's you have to tread carefully with Donovan, the uh, the poor man, posh Jamaican Scottish singer. Yeah, where is he from? I don't know. He's very odd, Donovan. He's um, I, I, I like that song, um, Sunshine Superman. And there's one about um, oh, Catch the Wind. That's beautiful. Catch the Wind's nice. And there's one about Atlantis. Oh. No, that is quite nice. I mean, the lyrics are awful, but that's quite... The rest is complete and utter tosh. Awful, awful, awful. But he's very pretentious. He takes himself very seriously. He's, he's an equal, if not better, than Bob Dylan in Donovan's eyes. Oh, really? You were saying the same thing about um, Shane Fenton. Oh, well... Alvin yeah, and the I, Chipmunks. I interviewed Alvin Stardust once and I thought we'd have a bit of a, a laugh about the ridiculousness of the 70s. Because he was quite camp, he was a bit silly. That wasn't a joke, apparently. Oh. Yeah, he was really serious. I was surprised how straight he was. But what's... Well, he only had a hit, My Cuckoo. Which I thought was a, a fun song. Yeah. What, what else did he do? Nothing. The, the, the Green Cross Code adverts. Yeah. He was... Su- in, in a wor- world where this... Before this became a dirty name, he was sub-glitter, wasn't he? Yeah, really? yeah. yeah. But that was serious, apparently. Hey, good news, music fans. The Daily Mail is giving away a free Dean Martin Christmas CD. Where is it? Has it gone? Did he do that one? I don't know what you're trying to do. And the one that goes, I wish you the merriest, the merriest, the merriest, the very merry... I can't remember what it's called. Oh, who's that? that? I don't know. Go on, do it again. No, I'm not doing it again. Go on. We wish you the merriest, the merriest... The Marys. Yeah, don't do the that. Mary, Mary, I don't know Mary. because I have to go to Tesco or McCall's. What, what on earth that? is McCall's? Oh, is, that, is that a paper shop? I don't know. I mean, can someone go and get it for me? Because I wouldn't call, mind I've it. I've got to call in actually later on. I brought, I bought a onesie for my uh, five-year-old over the weekend. I, it would be I, handy. I don't condone that behaviour. I know, but a it's five-year-old. Going to ballet in. So I can just zip her in and out of it. They no still, about. Th- at that age, they can still have accidents. You get an accident in a onesie, that is a <laughs> nightmare We should already have a leotard on, so it's from, you know... from Google have blocked child porn! 
Fantastic. At last, says the Daily Mail, internet giant axes links to vile sex abuse websites in stunning victory what? For the freedom of children? For, for everything good and, and moral and wholesome? No, in stunning victory for male campaign. Oh. I'm sure that's the only reason that Google went, do you know what? Let's the, That Daily Mail has got, they, they've got a good campaign going there. Let's b- block child pornography, shall we? Because of the Daily Mail. Yeah, congratulations, the Mail. A new mum told yesterday how nurses threw towels and surgical kit out of a hospital window as she gave birth on the pavement out Outside. Maria Parker, 25, was on her way to Nottingham City Maternity Unit when baby Lillian arrived. You don't get many baby Lillians these days. You don't, do you? Uh, medics rushed outside to help her. Starbucks supervisor Maria said, I remember people calling for scissors and clamps and blankets and then they were passing them out the window. It was scary. I bet it was. You don't get many Lillians. You get a few Ediths these days. You don't get any Doris. Imagine a baby called Doris. Mm. That's a, a matter of time, though, surely. I don't know if Doris, Doris might, might, Doris might come back. Blanche, Blanche will never come back, will it? Mm, Mavis? No, it can't. It can't, can it? My my sporting hero is Lance Armstrong. I tell you why. Can we still call him that? Uh, Not Lance Armstrong, but sporting or a hero. Well, I I can. I tell you why. Okay, The, the, the biggest drugs cheat in the world, as far as we know. And yet he's still in the he's still in the corner holding a chair, trying to fight everyone off, kicking and screaming. He said recently, he said, "Look, I will testify. I will give you all of the names. I will give you everything you want. You've just got to reduce my baton a little bit, please." And they're like, and the sport, the cycling authority, gone. No, I'll give you all the names. Just reduce my baton. No, it's a lifetime ban. We're not going to change it, Lance. And he's now saying, "Look, I've got all the information. I know that everybody in uh, cycling was cheating, and I can tell you, just got to reduce my sentence a little bit." Anyway, in the mail, there's a cracking uh, story which I've, I've read a bit of. I've read a sporting story. It's Lance Armstrong meeting the bug-eyed woman who helped him cheat for the first time in about 13, 14 years. She was his drug mule and his masseuse and all of this, and she would kind of put makeup on his track marks on his arms and wow. things like that. And they've met for the first time. How, Exciting. How did it go? How did it go? Feisty! It was feisty, Catherine! A man claims he saw a 12-foot boa constrictor while cutting a rugby club's grass and that it got away before being caught in a Manford, South Wales. He says that. Where's the evidence? Exactly. Where's the evidence? I'm loving the mail today. It really is um, Britain's greatest newspaper. There are page three. There are two wonderful stories. Three wonderful stories. First wonderful story. Well, this isn't wonderful. This is horrible. Um, Did you see Strictly at the weekend? No, I don't watch that. It, I, I have to, for contractual uh, reasons, for better or worse. Do you? Well, it, it, in as much as my wife watches it, all yes, right. that contract. That contract. That contract. Uh, and it was all echoey and horrible and weird at the weekend. And it's because they were filming it in um, Blackpool, I think. They were filming it in uh, 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 Blackpool Tower Ballroom. Yeah, but that's posh there, isn't it? Yeah, but it was all echoey and cavernous. Uh, and I, I really thought that the uh, young Italian man didn't give his finest performance. I, he felt a bit intimidated by the uh, vast size of the room. Anyway, all of the stars had their dressing rooms broken into and all their stuff got knit. Now, that's not brilliant, but, you know. What? Says him right. Shouldn't leave stuff unattended. They should have, they should have like, a little hold-all or something when they go dancing. You don't leave stuff, phones, iPads, cash, unattended in, a, in an unlocked dressing room. I've got an idea. You know that desk where all the judges sit? Yeah. They can slap all their stuff under there, can't they? Is it Bruno? Can I just put my bag down? Oh, of course you can! Whatever he's... He stands up most of the time, anyway. And also, scientists have uh, discovered what makes a kettle whistle. Well, I could have told you, it's when the hot water comes out through the spout. a little hole. Yeah, that's what it is. But they've, they, they, they think, why don't they go and find, like, I don't know, a cure for cancer or something? You know, go and, go and do something good instead of... Yeah, that knowledge hasn't been holding mankind back, really, has it? They explained that as a kettle boils, the air moves faster and wobbles when it travels through the narrowest part of the spout. 
Yeah. Then as the steam escapes, it creates tiny vortices, whirlwind-like eddies that can produce sound at certain frequencies. Although the finding might sound trivial, it could help solve other problems. Here we go. Researcher Ross Henrywood said... Ross Henrywood, you've wasted your life. I don't want to be harsh, but Ross, really, when you said to your mum, I'm going to be a scientist, I bet she was expecting more than this. That's a bit like when people say they're actors and really they're wearing furry costumes. Yeah, yeah, yes. Uh, oh, I saw a poor lad. I was in Windsor at the weekend. They had some Christmas lights being turned on. There was a poor lad dressed up as a Teletubby. Oh. He had, and he had a beard. Uh, research- Hang on. How could you tell? He, he had the face cut out. It was weird. <laughs> so his face was pe- peeking out. Imagine a child that seeing so that. Weird. Imagine a child seeing that, and you, you you do just think you studied for three years at RADA for this. Which one was he? Not uh, Poe. Is it the pink one? Purple. Purple. Yeah. Maybe there is a pink one. Maybe it wasn't quite. Kelly, a Kelly, Kelly Betts knows which one we're talking about. The purple one, I believe, is Tinky Winky. Thank you very much. The big indeed. one. I don't. I don't really. I don't really watch Teletubbies. Anyway, researcher Ross Henrywood, who we've now uh, compared to Tinky Winky. <laughs> Says pipes and vehicle exhausts are classic examples. Once we, kn- oh, my geez. vehicle exhaust doesn't whistle. So the reason they're trying to, this guy's an idiot. <laughs> Once we know where the whistle is coming from, we can potentially get rid of it. You don't want to get rid of the whistle on a, a kettle, kettle because that water. tells you that the water is boiled. Ross Henryson, Henry Wood. Let's find this guy. And Tinky Winky, what are you thinking? Tinky Winky. Hey, do you want to hear some funny words that are actually English but we've forgotten about? Yeah. Well, good because no reader of the Times could ever be called a blatteroon or an hammer and certainly not a slubber digullion. But you may be feeling particularly ramfeasel today, even though it's only Monday. Oh. Um, Sophia Shah is a former journalist who's also worked with Afghan refugees in Pakistan and. And runs a delicatessen. I don't know why this is relevant. Sorry, it's because she's just published a book um, with um, different names in, different words in. Blatteroon is a senseless boaster, oh a dear. ninny hammer, a fool, a slubber de gullion, a scoundrel, and to be ramfeasled, exhausted. Ramfeasle, <laughs> 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 oh, you in a minute? Don't know what. I'm sorry, I was out of context. <laughs>
Irina Palo. That album was so successful when she wasn't expecting to be, she re-recorded it again with strings. So there are two versions of it. Fact fans. Morning, this is Ian Lee, BBC Three Counties Radio. It's 6.45. If you want to give us a call this morning, you can do. On the subject of words, I know. Why don't you give us a call with your favourite word? I think we might send Justin out to uh, get the views of people in beds, hearts and bucks. Their favourite word. 08459 455 555. Right now, though, let's get the latest travel news. Here's Alice Glossop. Travel news for beds, hearts and bucks. BBC Three Counties Radio. M1 southbound struggling today. It's slow between Junction 12 for Flittick and 11 for Dunstable Road. Also between 10 for Luton and 9 for Redbourne. The M1, um, sorry, the A1M southbound is looking like it's struggling as well between Junction 8 for Hitchin and 7 for Stevenage. In Bricketwood, the north orbital is slow at the M25 Junction 21A roundabout. Public transport has no reported problems at the moment. This is Alice Glossop, BBC Three Counties Radio. Thank you very much, Alice. Right, 6.46, Monday the 18th of November. I'm Ian Lee. These are your headlines on BBC Three Counties Radio. A man has been repeatedly stabbed during a break-in at his home in Luton. There's another delay to the opening of a new health centre in the Wolverton area of Milton Keynes. In sport, a record for Sebastian Vettel in the Milton Keynes-based Red Bull, securing another win, making it eight in a row. Coming up, Three Counties celebrates Prisons Week. But before that, let's get the latest weather. Beds, hearts and bucks weather. BBC Three Counties Radio. Good morning. Well, it's rather a misty and murky start to the new working week. This mist and murk unlikely to clear too quickly. If it does lift a little, it's just going to lift into low clouds. So it's rather a grey start and finish to the day. The temperature outside at the moment across all three counties is around 7 or 8 Celsius. It's not going to rise too much at all through the course of the day. We're looking at a maximum of maybe 8 or 9 Celsius. That's 48 degrees in Fahrenheit. Now, we've got a band of rain making its way towards it's a cold front uh, through the course of the latter part of the afternoon really and into the first part of the evening it's moving south and eastwards and as it does it drags in some colder air behind it much drier and colder no cloud around so that temperature as soon as that happens is going to fall very quickly we're likely to see a bit of a frost as we get towards dawn tomorrow morning it's a really crisp and sunny start to Tuesday but an increasing northwesterly breeze means despite all the sunshine we'll get tomorrow and the blue sky it's going to feel really rather bitter as the temperature's only getting up to around 7 Celsius. Now there's a very slim chance out towards the Chilterns we may get a bit of a wintry shower, maybe some sleet, maybe some hail as we head through the course of the afternoon. Now as we head through the rest of the week, turning wet and windy as we head through Wednesday, but it is staying cold. That's your forecast. It's about more than just goals. You're the eyes and the ears of the fans who are trying to listen back at home. Where the ball is on the pitch, that, that's so important in the role of the listener. You do try to paint the picture and give the fans the feeling that they can soak in the same atmosphere that we're getting at the ground. Be a nice impartial viewpoint and keep everyone up to date with the club. I think that's why commentary is so important. You still can't beat live commentary. You might be able to find out within seconds if a goal has been scored, but with commentating, you're telling people as it happens. It's about more than just goals. Three Counties Sports. So we've played um, some Jake Bug 
some Bob Dylan and some Donovan, and it's created the, uh, the the Dillivan effect, I'm calling it now. Nick has texted in, I just don't see what's so great about Donovan or Dylan. They're just overrated country singers. I've heard better at my local pub. I kind of have to agree with you. I've never got Dylan. I've said this before. Dylan is one of those people I have never understood, and I've tried. I've really tried. I've worked at Dylan at different points in my life, thinking, ah, now I am mature and wise enough to understand what he's going on about. And I don't. It's a racket. Donovan... I would say there are four good Donovan songs. Four good Donovan songs. The, the rest are pretty poor. Kelly Betts is telling me on the screen that she's been to see Bob Dylan. What, what, what was he like? I'm a fan of Bob Dylan yeah. until I saw him live. Oh. He um, was performing, but looking at the side of the stage, not at us. Yeah. And he wasn't playing um, anything that he had to put any effort into. So he was playing all the songs that were just sort of really... Uh-huh. And he does different versions, doesn't he? No, he doesn't play them like the records. No, and yeah, yeah, he does. He does different versions of them. Yeah, I'd like to see Dylan just just because he. Let's be honest, he's going to die soon. He's eighty three years old. He's going to die soon. It'll be nice to say, oh, you know, tell my grandkids, oh, I saw that awful Bob Dylan. But I wish I saw him in his heyday and not on his deathbed. Well, that's that's a wish we uh, we all wish we had. Thank you very much for that very uh, beautiful image, Kelly Betts. Oh eight four five nine four double five five double five. Now this week is Prisons Week, and Three Counties Radio is exploring the reality of life behind bars with a series of thoughts from those who have experience of life in our local prisons. Today we hear from Ian. He's a governor at Bedford Prison. It's challenging to get prisoners to change their ways because for a lot of them, the criminality has been embedded in, in their behaviour for a long, long time. Coming to prison might be the first time they've met a positive role model. Might be the first time that anyone's really spoken to them about changing changing their ways. For, for me, it's setting a really positive example to prisoners. It's, it's encouraging them to go to work on time. Signposting to things that they haven't previously had access to. You know, they might, might have really poor housing, for example. They might not have great employment skills. They're the kind of things we can offer in prison. Um, so we, we've got lots of things we can signpost people towards to get them to, to change their lives and, and, and have more hopeful. I mean, first and foremost, we want to stop people getting out of here when they've been sentenced by the courts. We've got to keep them here. There's so much more to it than that. There's sometimes at the school of thought that prisons are just warehouses. We're not. We can't be. We've got to be in the business of changing people and assisting people to change their lives. And prison staff, particularly prison officers, they're the people who are working with prisoners day in, day out. Probably see more prisoners sometimes than do their own families at times. You know, they might have eight hours a day to really influence I'd like it that every conversation that a prison officer has or you know, a member of staff has with a prisoner is focused on setting them an example and changing their ways to some extent. There's an awful lot of research around now that suggests that the environment with which prisoners are housed in can have an awful lot of effect on them, can have a big effect on them. I mean, we do run things like offending behaviour programmes, you know, courses, but actually it's that positive example that a prison officer or you know, a, a prison member of staff can set that can have the most effect. It's an awful lot of change around at the moment. Like any public service, we're having to change and adapt to you know, more limited funding that's out there as well. That's difficult. At the same time, when I'm asking them, the government are asking them to rehabilitate prisoners and get prisoners to change their ways. That's difficult, and that is a challenge, because for some, you know, the criminality has been deeply embedded since the age of 9, 10, 11, and we've got a few months to try and start unpicking that, and that's, that, that's a challenge. And I think 
The real challenge for prison staff is not losing hope in doing that. You know, when you do your best to try and stop someone offending and then six months later they're back in, inside again, which isn't easy, particularly when some of them on the, on the surface don't seem to want to change. You know, some of them seem to quite like their, you know, their, their offending ways of life. And, and we've really got to get involved in that, in, in that and, and try and change them. Um, I joined as a prison auxiliary at the time and I worked my way up through the ranks. And I think each time I recognise with each promotion, I could probably make more of a difference. I could probably have more of an influence on policy and the lives of prisoners. And that's been my motivation. A huge role for the community. I, mean, I think first and foremost is to recognise that people are coming back out. You know, very few exceptions. Everyone will be being released at some point. A lot of prisoners won't stop their offending straight away. It's a gradual process, but we've got to get involved, get into their ribs and explain what they're doing isn't the right way to live. Well, that's Ian, uh, a governor of Bedford Prison. Hear more uh, on Prisons Week throughout the week here at BBC Three Counties Radio. Well, we know where we're going, but we don't know where we've been. And we know what we're knowing, but we can't say what we've seen.
Talking Heads week in my house. Did I say house or mouse? I'm not sure. Peter Pan for the first time at the weekend, the, the, the cartoon, the Disney cartoon. It's a little bit racist, isn't it? I say a little bit racist. It's quite racist, isn't it? The Native American... Daddy, what are those monsters? They're Native Americans. Oh, they're horrible. Why do they look like bulls? They're scary. They're scary, Daddy. They're Native Americans. They they lived in America before the white man, and we went and stole the stole it off them and uh, did terrible things to them. But they're awful. It's quite uh, it's quite intense. I did quite enjoy it. We also watched. We had a Disney weekend. Uh, I've, I've signed up to one of those those subscription services where you can like buy films online. So to keep the kids quiet, we watched Peter Pan. We also watched um, the Little Mermaid. Oh, that was good, The Little Mermaid. I enjoyed that. We also watched This Is The End, the uh, comedy about the end of the world. Didn't watch that with the kids. That would have been inappropriate. I waited until they'd gone to bed. Would have been funny if I knew who any of the actors were in there, I'm sure. 08459 four double five five double five. This is BBC Three Counties Radio. Let's get the travel news now. Travel news for beds, cards and bugs. BBC Three Counties Radio. M1 southbound is still slow between Junction 12 for Flittick and 11 for Dunstable Road. Also 10 for Luton and 9 for Redbourne. The M25 anti-clockwise has started building up and is very slow between 17 for Maple Cross and 15 for the M4. Queuing also between Junction 21 for the M1 and 20 for Kings Langley. On public transport, the Metropolitan Line have service suspended between Harrow on the Hill and Uxbridge. Also the Piccadilly Line have service suspended between South Harrow and Uxbridge. That's after a signalling problem. Local buses are accepting tickets though. This is Alice Glossop, BBC Three Counties Radio. Alice, thank you very much indeed. Lots coming up in the next hour, including the Health Centre in Wolverton. Remember we talked about it last week? It was going to open this week. They didn't have enough chairs, but it was definitely going to open today. Well, guess what? It's not opening today. Local and vocal across beds, hearts and bucks. This is BBC Three Counties Radio. It's seven o'clock. I'm Jane Killick. The headlines. Luton man seriously ill in hospital after confronting intruders who broke into his home. Delay hits new health centre for Wolverton and search engines won't search for child abuse images. BBC Three Counties Radio. A neighbour of a Luton man who was repeatedly stabbed during a break-in at his house says everyone is in shock about what has happened to him. 47-year-old Tony Abrahams confronted the intruders after being woken by a noise at the property in Wellfield Avenue in the early hours of Saturday morning. Police are now appealing for information. Marie Adams says it must be devastating for the family. I feel so sorry for the family because obviously they must be in worse shock than we are. You know, you don't know how to comfort them really. They must be in a dreadful state. Police are also appealing for information after four men suffered stab wounds outside Cookies and Cream nightclub in Milton Keynes. They were taken to Milton Keynes Hospital following the incident, which happened at around ten past four on Saturday morning. 
A new health centre in the Wolverton area of Milton Keynes, which was due to open today, faces a further delay. Ewan Duncan reports. Wolverton residents have been promised a new health centre for years. A mix-up over who would pay for the furniture threatened to scupper the official opening, but that was eventually resolved. Now with the finishing line in sight, there's a delay over the signing off of the building. Sarah Dockery from the Wolverton Patients Group hopes the centre will open in the next few days and that it's just a matter of finalising legal paperwork. A man will appear in court today over the death of 64-year-old Brian Holmes, who died after a confrontation in the car park of Biggleswade Asda. 65-year-old Alan Watts from Linsell Crescent in Biggleswade has been charged with the manslaughter of Mr Holmes in August. Google and Microsoft have agreed measures to block access to images of child sex abuse. They'll stop search terms associated with child pornography from producing any results. The former head of the Child Exploitation and Online Protection Centre, Jim Gamble, doubts the move will result in arresting offenders. Pedophiles don't generally. In fact, I'd go as far as to say very few actually use Google or Bing or any other legitimate search engine to seek out their images. They do it on peer-to-peer and deep web. So... I think what you have here is the result of a lot of pressure by government holding the moral mirror up, but I wouldn't start getting too excited just yet about this being a silver bullet. The body of a 78-year-old man missing for two weeks has been found in the same road where he lived. Andrew Goldsborough has been found behind fencing at Compton Avenue. Police say there are no suspicious circumstances. Rory Kinnear and Adrian Lester have shared the Best Actor Prize at the Evening Standard Theatre Awards for their performances in the National Theatre's production of Othello. Dame Helen Mirren was named Best Actress for her performance as the Queen in the play The Audience. In sports, Sebastian Vettel in the Milton Keynes-based Red Bull set a new record for consecutive wins in a single season with victory in the United States Grand Prix yesterday. And the weather, widespread mist and fog will give way to a grey and murky day with a high of 9 Celsius. Get the latest news and sport online at bbc.co.uk slash threecounties. BBC Three Counties Radio's big tour of beds, hearts and bucks. All this week in Wolverton. The best part of Wolverton is uh, like the museum. My favourite part of Wolverton is the community spirit. There's always somebody that you know everywhere you go. The nice thing about Wolverton, it seems established. People tend to know their neighbours but not be able to top with it. The big tour of beds, hearts and bucks. All this week in Wolverton. BBC Three Counties Radio. This is Ian Lee, BBC Three Counties Radio. Lots to talk about. You can call in about any of the stuff we're talking about this morning or anything else you want to talk about. It's up to you. It's your BBC, remember? (laughs) Some of the stuff we've got coming up in the next hour of the show. A Luton man has been stabbed after trying to tackle three masked men who broke into his home. He'd woken up to hear his daughter screaming that there was someone in her room. Remember the new health centre that was definitely going to open in Wolverton this morning? Even if patients had to bring their own chairs? Well, yeah, it's not opening. And Dennis from Dunstable will no doubt call in with some boring, insipid nonsense, as he always does. Facebook.com forward slash BBC 3CR. Send me a text, 81333. Start your text, 3CR. Or give me a call, 08459 455 555. Across beds, hearts and bucks. This is BBC Three Counties Radio. 
speak of the devil, Dennis is in Dunstable. Good morning, Dennis. Good morning, Ian. Thank you for the introduction. You, you made your way into the menu. That's how short we are on content I know, today. I know, I know, but you were talking to the... the uh, Governor of Bedford Jail reminded me that I spent some time in there. Oh, really? Yes. Well, may I ask what for? I was. Well, it, go back to the beginning. I used to make rocking horses, full-size ones, and the. Is this orders. Dennis? Can I stop you now? Just, Is this going to be a, a, a tedious no, no, joke it's with just a weak punchline? In the fact okay. why I was in there in the first place. Exposition. Right. And the warders at, at Bedford Jail have found a clapped-out rocking horse in a skip and they wanted it put right. Because well, if, this if this is a joke, you're banned until Christmas, OK? This is not a joke. OK, just no. warning you, if this is a joke, you'll be banned until you Christmas. You better start laughing if it's a joke. Okay. However, besides, beside the point, I, have, I knew that one of the prison visitors lived near me and he asked me to go in there to give him some advice how to put it right. So I march into Bedford Jail and I show them what to do. I got a book of a uh, book from the uh, governor who was given a book about Bedford Jail and it's very nice, a very nice place. And they were trying to help the criminals. I'm confused. Yeah. What's rocking horses got to do with jails? They wouldn't have had a rocking horse in a jail. No, there was because they'd found one in the skip and they wanted it put right and they were going to put it right and give it to one of the hospitals for the kids. Why did they? How did they find? But first of all, you're not allowed to take stuff from skips, so that's breaking the law. Well, that's right. Well, they they can they're all right. They can break it anyway and get away with it. However, they, it was for a nice purpose. Well, I, I'm still the, the purpose may be nice, but but you know, uh, me me robbing a bank and giving all the money to a hospice is a nice purpose, but it still makes it illegal and immoral. Yes, I know, but these people weren't like that. They were trying to help the kids by stealing trying to help the the uh, people who wow. were in jail. So I went in there, and, and as I say, the only downside about the whole thing is that in those days, my phone never stopped ringing, and my wife sat by the phone all day so that she could say, I'm very sorry, you can't speak to Dennis, he's in Bedford jail. And he broke a heart that nobody bothered to ring in that day. So, hang on a second. You used to make rocking horses? Yes. Now, see, that's... Listen, all this time I've been speaking to you, for, for over a year, Dennis, I've been thinking, who's this boring, dull, old, silly old fish... And you did something quite interesting. You used to make rocking horses. Did you make them by hand? Yes. How long did it well, take? About a month. And did you do them on your own? Yes. Wow. Can I have one? No. Hey, there you go. I stopped building them. I built five and that was it. Hang on. Oh, hang on a second. You can <laughs> buy one, from, you no. can buy one, but it would cost you a grand. Hang on a minute. You only built five? Yeah. Well, that I don't know if five rocking horses counts as being a rocking horse maker. Uh, well, you try it. You said you used to make them, yeah. and you only made five. Yeah, I, but I stopped because, first of all, my workshop was my garage. Yes. And I had to have the car parked outside. Yes. Unfortunately, I came down one Monday morning, my car had been stolen. Well, you shouldn't have gone to so Bedford Prison, should you? the next thing to do was to make sure it was in the garage, so I had to sell all the equipment and put the car in the garage. OK, Dennis, you're very squeaky this morning. I know, it's this chair. Yeah, you keep saying it, fella. Call 08459 455 555. BBC I don't know if... Counties Radio. I used to make rocking horses. How many did you make? Five. How long does it take per rocking horse? A month? So that's five months. I don't know if giving five months of your life to something counts as it being 
Anyway, I don't know. Uh, On to more serious things. A Luton man is in hospital after attempting to tackle three burglars in the early hours of Saturday morning. 47-year-old Tony Abrahams uh, got up to investigate noises downstairs, only to find someone was holding his bedroom door shut. When he forced his way out, he was repeatedly stabbed by three masked men. Despite what happened, one of Mr Abrahams' neighbours told our reporter Matt Lockwood he would have done the same. I mean, I'm kind of kind of a bit worried about at the moment so I just said to myself I'm gonna have to alarm my property because ever since I heard you know the incident across the road this you know everybody's been a bit a bit nervous really so you, you kind of feel on edge as well Very. the fact that it happened so close to your house that's as well right, it right. could have been you. it could have been me as well at the same time so if burglars broke into your house would you confront them I mean you've done the natural thing and it's so much you, you know you, you try to protect your family aren't you really so that's what I would do. If someone tried to, you know, tried to break into my property, I'm going straight to, towards them, you know. Because I heard it was like three, three different people as well. So, yeah, I mean, come on, you know. Well, our reporter Justin Dealey is at the scene this morning. Good morning, Justin. What, what's Hello, there? Mate. Is there any evidence that there's been a crime? Well, I'm on uh, Wellfield Avenue outside the property in question, and um, it's very, very quiet here this morning. And the police cordon has been removed. I think if you were driving down this road this morning, you wouldn't think anything had happened over the weekend. I have been talking to neighbour Dave Clay. I spoke to him a few moments ago, and here's what he had to say. Well, so you lived here for, for 30 years. When did you first find out what, what had happened over the weekend? Um, I found out when I walked into the police cordon when I was out walking my dog. Mm. So I had to turn around and go the opposite way. So when you found out what had happened, how shocked were you? Um, quite shocked. You know, it, it's just one of these things, I'm afraid. Um, you know, it, it was the wrong time. I, I'm not sure why he was um, burgled or chosen. It's just... You know, it's, it's a largish house on that that road, so it's not going to put you off living no. in this area. Not really, no, no. I'll just be a bit more careful at home, really. You know, make sure all the doors are locked all the time, and possibly put a camera in. What would you do? Just lastly, what would you do if you came face to face with with three burglars in your home? I think I know what I would do, but what what would you do? Um, I really don't know. I mean, you'd like to. Well, obviously, you, you defend it. You panic. Adrenaline kicks in. You just don't know what happens and. I suppose when it does, I suppose you have to hope that they're not the ones that are armed. It's a tough one, isn't it, Justin? What do you mm. think you would do if someone you find someone in your house? I think I would say to them, in the heat of the moment, um, just take whatever you want, just don't harm me or my family. Because, you know, we all talk about the adrenaline rush, and of course, if it was to happen, you would certainly get an adrenaline rush. But I think if you've got three people in your home, just let them take what they want, because your life is more important than what's in your home, I would say. I, I agree. I think if, if there were people in my house, yeah, take what you want, I've got insurance, I, I don't care. Mm. If, if my children were threatened in any way, though, that's when it becomes different. And I think as a parent, uh, then a, a different instinct kicks in. And it sounds like that's kind of what happened uh, in this incident. If, if, if my children were, were at threat, then, you know, it, well, course, it would be a different story. If it was somebody, if it was your husband or your wife or your children and somebody is in your property and they're threatening them, that that's entirely different. But, but when it comes to things in your home, as you mentioned, you can get insurance, but you can't obviously replace the people that you love. So I think in, in that situation, anybody would protect the people they love. Justin, thank you very much. We'll speak to you later on. 08459 455 555. Malcolm Fowler is a criminal defence lawyer. Uh, solicitor, sorry. Morning, Malcolm. Good morning. I it, hope you're well. I'm very well, thank you. It's all very confusing, isn't it? What, what exactly are you allowed to do if there are people in your house? Well, I've heard a very good deal of good sense from the various contributors to your programme so far. Money and property can be earned again or bought again, can't it? But there's a distinction to be drawn here. If, as happened to me once, if 
you have good reason to believe that a particular person is going to enter your home and try and do harm to you and your family, then obviously that puts you in a different frame of mind and it puts you in a different frame as far as the law is concerned. The Law on self-defense is not confusing at all, actually. It's been established, with respect, it's been established for many, many years. And it's altogether clear it will remain as it is in that it is as good as it can get. What you as a householder may honestly believe will never be held against you if you act in a way that's proportionate, and that can't be expected to be judged to a nicety. But, 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 attacking someone who's thought better of it and is fleeing from your property, rather than just saying, stay there, I'm getting the police, or, or restraining them if they don't struggle, that will be held against mm. you, just as will taking it out on them, and just as will be going completely over the top. Malcolm, you mentioned it had happened to you. Can I ask what happened? Nothing happened. It's, it's a long and complicated story involving a very tormented young man. Right. And we draw a veil over it now. Okay. But okay. I, I slept with a hammer under my bed. If he had carried out what he insisted was his intention, and if I genuinely believed that either I, or more to the point, my wife and my children if I believe that they were under threat, then I would, if necessary, and as proportionately as possible, have used the hammer to threaten, and then, if necessary, to use it just to stop him. And the law would have supported me. That is the point. The law would always have supported me for a very, very long time. Mm. And if I had five pounds for every time I've I've given this sort of, made this sort of contribution to a program, though I'm always glad to do it, then I could retire tomorrow. Yeah. The law has not changed, and you know what they, used to, they still say to us, watch out, there's a thief about. Equally, watch out, there's a politician about after a few more votes. Mm. Watch out, there is a journalist around after selling a few more copies. It is as good as it will get. The law is, cons uh, is interpreted in a way that pro would protect people in the circumstances that, you, that have been described. And these burglars, of course, behaved appallingly. I, I hold no candle for them, but they, they forfeit the right to their liberty if they're caught, and, and these people, if they are caught, I can tell you, will be sent to prison if they're convicted for a very, very long time. And I'm, I'm entirely comfortable about that. However, in the heat of the moment, this is the situation we're considering, isn't it? Mm. And the law says, it's a, it's a slightly pompous legalistic phrase, but it does, it does the job that you cannot be expected to judge to a nicety the degree of force that's necessary to protect yourself and your family. Malcolm, I really appreciate your time this morning. Thank you very much. This is Malcolm Fowler, Criminal Defence Solicitor, 08459 555. If you want to have your say on that, maybe something similar has happened. Maybe you've woken up and you've heard... I just can't think of anything more terrifying. You wake up and you hear something downstairs or a window breaking or something... Oh, I can't think of anything more terrifying. You wake up, you hear your kiddie screaming. Oh, dear.
08459 455 555. This is BBC Three Counties Radio. Let's get the travel news now. Here's Alice Glossop. Travel news for beds, cards and bugs. BBC Three Counties Radio. We've had a call from Kelly, the M1 northbound that's partially blocked after an accident at Toddington Services. Southbound, the M1 still looking slow between Junction 12 for Flittick and 9 for Redbourne, taking about 30 minutes to get through there. The M25 is struggling between 17 for Maple Cross and 15 for the M4. That's anti-clockwise, also queuing between 21 for the M1 and 20 for Kings Langley. The A1M southbound slow between Junction 8 for Hitchin and 7 for Stevenage. And in Little Haddon, the A120 is slow in both directions at Aubrey. Road. Public transport Metropolitan Line is suspended between Harrow on the Hill and Uxbridge. Also, the Piccadilly Line has service suspended between South Harrow and Uxbridge after a signalling problem. Local buses are accepting tickets for those, though. This is Alice Glossop, BBC Three Counties Radio. Alice, thanks very much. Right, 7.17. It's Monday the 18th of November. I'm Ian Lee. These are your headlines on BBC Three Counties Radio. A man is in serious condition in hospital after being stabbed repeatedly during a break-in at his house in Luton. New measures are to be introduced by Google and Microsoft to make it harder to find images of child abuse online. In motor racing, it was eight consecutive wins in a row by Sebastian Vettel in the Milton Keynes-based Red Bull. The weather, grey and murky, with a high of nine degrees. Coming up, that new health centre. Remember we talked about it last week. It was definitely going to open in Wolverton this morning. Well, it's definitely not going to open in Wolverton this morning. There's been a huge, spectacular muff-up. Find out exactly what's going on in a few minutes. BBC Three Counties Radio. Roberto Peroni. I can bring you now some good news for women. What do you look like in a pair of Speedos or swimming trunks? A pumpkin had been stolen from outside a hairdresser's salon. We've had lots of support since your programme, lots of phone calls telling us not to worry and everyone's looking out for them. What could I do to bring a smile to Dame Kelly Holmes's face? <laughs> do you know what that sound is? I do. They're alpacas. <laughs> I've got six alpacas. They're lovely. Everyone takes the mickey. Roberto Peroni. Weekdays from three on BBC Three Counties Radio. On the subject of uh, burglary, what would you do if you find somebody in your house? Barry's in Luton. Morning, Barry. All right. How you doing? Excuse me? How you doing? Oh, I'm fine. Sorry, I couldn't hear you. I'm, I'm, yeah. I'm, I'm doing very well, Barry. What would you do if you found somebody in your house? Uh, anything it took, really, from the minute they come in the house. I've got three young children, and I believe that if anyone enters your house, they're taking that risk, they know what they're doing. Yeah. And that people should be able to defend themselves from the minute that they walk in the property, whether they pose a threat or not. If they turn around and run out the door, then I believe leave them alone. But if they stand there, I think you should be able to to be able to do as much as you possibly can to protect yourself. When you say as much as you possibly can, how far would you go? I would go all the way if it meant saving my kids and my missus. There is no doubt about it, and I'm sure there's thousands of people out there with children and wives. I don't think for one second anyone wouldn't do exactly the same. You'd kill them? Uh, If it took that, if it could come down to a fight and between it come between me and him and my family, I'd do anything that it took, yeah. Do you you really think... I know it's easy to say, isn't it? I, I I would kill someone. But do you really think you have what it takes, Barry, to do that? I think when it involves your children, I don't think sitting here now in my van, I don't think at all I've got it. I I mean, everyone deserves life. 
that if it become between them and my family and myself, um, I think the mind and the body's capable of pretty much anything, really. But what if they came in? There's a, there's a, a, a couple of lads come in and yeah. they say, right, Barry... You sit down, shut up, no one gets hurt, just give us the cash, give us the jewels, give us the, the video player, and we're off. Yeah. You, you'd let them take your stuff, wouldn't you? Uh, if that was the case, yeah, I'd let them take the stuff, but you can't trust any of these people. They're on so many drugs, and like they're just not right. I mean, I've got a cousin who's in and out, in and out, in and out, for exactly the same thing. I have nothing to do with him, I can't be bothered with him, I can't tolerate him. He's an absolute scumbag. I mean, you do not enter someone's private space. You don't go in there. Once you've been in their house, they don't feel safe. I've been burgled twice before. Twice before. And were you in when and they burgled you, Barry? No. Luckily enough, I was out. We were at my dad's in Kent. What's it like? Because, I, I, you know, touch wood uh, and, and uh, say a prayer, I've, I've never been burgled. What's it like when you come home and you find that someone's been in your house and taking your things? You feel violated. Absolutely violated. I mean, I'm I'm the only one that works in my family. My wife looks after both of my children, uh, all three of my children, sorry, and she t- does a school run and things. At the moment, I'm telling her to lock the door because you just don't know. Mm. I mean, we've got an, we've got no six plate car on the drive. It's nothing special. It's a little Nissan Note. But I tell you, it took us ages to save the money for that. You know what I mean, Barry? I appreciate your call this morning. Oh eight four five nine four double five five double five. What would you do? What have you done if you found yourself in that situation? Uh, a couple of emails talking about Dennis uh, from Dunstable, who claimed to be a, uh, um, a rocking horse manufacturer. Turns out he'd only made five. Paul has uh, emailed me. Oh, so Dennis used to have a hobby and now he doesn't. Uh, ian.lee at bbc.co.uk is the uh, email address if you want to email me. Now, people living in the Wolverton area of Milton Keynes have been promised a new health centre for years, and it turns out they're going to have to wait a little bit longer. After a row over who would supply the furniture for the medical practice in Gloucester Road, there's now been a delay over signing off the building which was due to open today. I'm joined again now by Sarah Dockery, who chairs Wolverton Patient Participation Group. Sarah, we were supposed to be celebrating today that this was all going ahead and it's it's turned into an embarrassing fiasco. Good morning. Um, yes, uh, it's a shame that it's not opening this morning, but I think actually last week we were so um, encouraged by the fact that a lot of the financial issues that have been going on were largely resolved, um, and we've also seen a great response by the community for the short-term uh, uh, lack of furniture that we were going to be facing, that yes, it is frustrating and it's not opening today, but actually it's totally out of um, the practice's hands. Well, wh- whose fault is it then? Wh- which idiot didn't get the building signed off, as, as everyone knows you have to do when you have a new building built? Everything's in progress, um, and we've been led to believe that everything is on track to be completed. Um, I'm afraid I'm not the best person to understand all the legalities involved. Who's, um, who's in charge? Do we know? Do we have a name of who's in charge of the project? There must be someone who's who's in uh, who's sitting at the top of the pyramid. I think there's quite a lot of different parties involved. There's the contractors and the developers and the landlords to be. Um, so it's all I've been able to do to understand it. But, uh, yeah, basically it's sort of a dialogue between all of those. It's all on course to happen, um, but it just needs to be signed off. And obviously the practice would be foolish to move into a building that hadn't been... Um, well, it would be illegal. Yes, so uh, obviously they will wait until they're given the go-ahead. But we're hoping very much that that will be in the next few days. So, it, it, well, listen, we spoke last week and it was definitely going to be opening on Monday. That's not happening. Is it definitely going to be opening this week? 
we haven't been given a date yet, and obviously, understandably, the practices aren't going to put a date out until they can be certain. Um, but well, they've done that already. They put a date out last week that w- when they that they weren't certain. Yeah, and I think they were very much believing that this would happen. But like, like I said, it's out of their hands, and unfortunately, they've done everything they need to now, so they're kind of absolutely ready to to walk into it uh, once it is completed, and what they call practical completion needs to happen um, before they can do that. So, uh, yeah, I think they'll be obviously announcing as soon as they possibly can um, when the moving in date, but it is anticipated. Ian's emailed in. Hello, Ian. I delivered to the old health centre next door on Thursday. It was obvious the new one wasn't going to be ready today. So if members of the public knew it wasn't going to be ready, it does seem odd that, uh, you know, it was being trumpeted by everyone involved that it would be ready. I think, um, as far as I understand, appearances can be quite deceptive, and the building is um, is, is pretty much ready to be used, uh, but obviously they won't be able to take down the fencing and other things that make it look uh, not ready until it is ab- absolutely ready for the public to enter and make use of. So I'm guessing that might look look a bit misleading, but I think we can be, you know, I think the people of Wolverton and the surrounding areas are pretty resilient, and I think we can see, gosh, it's flown up in a matter of months, and it does look very impressive. Um, so I think people will hopefully understand that it needs to be absolutely right for us to move in, and that will happen the next few days hopefully what happened with the furniture situation the the, the, uh, the surgery claim they were promised one hundred and twenty thousand pounds for uh, for furniture that was then denied as, as various bodies closed and new ones opened w- what's the latest on that yeah we had a really positive meeting last week or the, the practice um, with nhs england and various other representatives and um, the outcome of that was that it was acknowledged that the practice were indeed offered that money for um the full part of the building as a new health centre and in good faith they had um, followed that uh, trail of information to believe it had covered the furniture. Um, the good news is that that money um, is available to the surgery and whilst they um, won't necessarily be able to use it directly on the furniture, obviously it's a great great news they've not got to find that from their own um, budget and all the chairs have been ordered for the waiting room. Um, and in, if there is a delay in getting those, because obviously it takes time to manufacture them, they're very specialist, meeting certain specifications. Um, we've had so many chairs donated and promised through various community organisations that there really won't be any shortage of spaces to sit down um, when the centre does open. So has the surgery been given the £120,000? Um, yep, yeah, I believe the surgery have been given um, the, the money. The, the, the grant will be honoured, um, but there's various uh, things that it is, okay. isn't allowed to be spent on, so it's not quite as set, but obviously having the money is better than not having the money, and uh, they'll be able to uh, to sort out that to cover what they need it to. Sarah, is there anything else that could potentially go wrong, or is this really the last thing now? Because we want to do a big celebration. We want to, you know, applaud and welcome the new health centre. We're definitely waiting to do that as well, and we very much hope that there won't be any further delays. But we do know that when we do get in there, hopefully in the next few days, um, there will be lots of celebration. And I know the PPG are planning um, a big community event uh, in January February next year to really celebrate, um, hopefully, what will be a fantastic new facility. Uh, so, yeah, but I think there will be lots of calls of celebration. We've just got to be patient so that it's absolutely right. We don't want to be going backwards once we've moved in. Well, Sarah, listen, thank you very much for coming on twice. Hopefully we can speak again before the end of the week and you can call us, I don't know, maybe from inside the centre. How about that? <laughs> Fingers crossed. Thank you very much indeed. Sarah Dockery, Chair's Wolverton Patient Participation Group. There's got to be... A, and listen, we, we, we were really hoping we'd do a big celebratory story this morning. We're going to have Justin down there talking to patients, all of this. We're really excited about it. And then we got the news at the weekend. Oh, yeah, no, it's not opening. Oh, yes, no, it's not going to open. Someone has muffed up spectacularly here. There is one person, there's got to be one person who sat atop the, uh, the, the pyramid, who's overseeing all of this. And th- there'll be lots of buck passing. You know, various people, it wasn't me, it was Steve. It wasn't me, it was, it was Diane. All these people will be passing it around. It's obvious, when you get a building built, 
when you have a loft conversion done, when you have an extension done, before you can do anything with it, before you can move into it, before you can use it, you have to get it signed off by the building regs. A guy comes around with a clipboard, talks to the builders, talks to the architect, looks at light bulbs, looks at walls, taps things with hammers, measures things, ticks things, looks at his little notes, and at the end he either says, yes, it's fine, or you've got to change a few more things. I know, because we had it with our, with our loft conversion years ago. He came back four times and said, well, you've got to change this, got to change that. So what idiot fails to realise you have to get a new building signed off? Oh eight four five nine four double five five double five. On the subject of what you would do if burglars were in your house, David says, "I have a oh no." It's, uh, see, this, this stuff like this worries me. I have a twenty-inch sword, bayonet, and World War Two commando knife concealed in handy places in my bedroom. Wow, I bet you're a fun guy. Which I would have no hesitation using if threatened by intruders, and will fight to the death to protect my family and property. See, I don't think you're allowed to. It's got to be proportional. Proportionate. Proportionate? Proportionate. That's the word, isn't it? It's got to be proportionate. So, yes, if there is somebody... I'm going to put a horrible image in your, your mind. Do bear with me. If there is somebody with their hands around your wife's neck throttling her to death, then, yes, you probably could stab them. Repeatedly. But if there's, if there's just a bloke nicking your TV, you can't do that. You can't do that. 08459 four double five five double five. By the way, if, if you, you do stab a burglar to death, please don't use what I've just said in a court of law because it probably won't stand up. I, my legal training has... Uh, it, it was a bit of a disaster. Travel news for beds, cards and bugs. BBC Three Counties Radio. The M40 is struggling today, London-bound, between Junction 5 for Stoke and Church and 4 for the High Wycombe Handy Cross Roundabout. Also between Junction 2 for Beaconsfield and 1A for the M25. The M1 northbound, we had a call from Kelly in to let us know it's partially blocked after an accident at the Toddington services. Southbound on the M1, still slow between 12 for Flittick and 9 for Redbourne, which is taking about half an hour to get through. M25 anti-clockwise, very slow between 17 for Maple Cross and 15 for the M4. Also, there are queues between 21 for for the M1 and 20 for Kings Langley. The A1 in Roxton heading south is slow between Eton Soken and the Black Cat roundabout. Public transport, the Metropolitan Line and Piccadilly Line still have those service suspended problems. On the Met Line, that's between Harrow on the Hill and Uxbridge. And on Piccadilly, that's between South Harrow and Uxbridge. Local buses are accepting tickets, though. This is Alice Glossop, BBC Three Counties Radio. Across beds, hearts and bugs. This is BBC Three Counties Radio. I'm Jane Killick. A man repeatedly stabbed during a break-in in Luton is in a serious condition in hospital. 47-year-old Tony Abrahams confronted intruders after being woken by a noise at his home. The new health centre for Wolverton in Milton Keynes has been delayed, but it's hoped it's only a case of completing paperwork. Leading search engines are to block images of child abuse. Thousands of search teams will no longer search, search terms will no longer find illegal material. The weather: mist and fog this morning, then grey and murky, with temperatures up to nine Celsius. On to sport and in motor racing, Sebastian Vettel has become the first driver to win eight successive Grand Prix in the same season. After victory in the United States, he celebrated with a trademark donut spin and then got quite emotional as he thanked his engineers at the Milton Keynes-based Red Bull team over the radio. We have to remember these days. There's no guarantee that they will last forever. Enjoy them as long as they last. I love you guys. We have an incredible team spirit. 
incredible. I'm so proud of you. In football, the Liverpool striker Daniel Sturridge says he's fit and ready for England's friendly against Germany this week. The 24-year-old missed Friday's game against Chile at Wembley due to a thigh problem rather than a foot problem, which had been widely reported. Luton Town drew one all at Chester in the conference on Saturday. Andre Gray scored for the Hatters in the first half. Chester equalised and Luton manager John Still says despite making tactical changes, the winning goal wouldn't come. Yeah, now we're sharp. They changed a little bit, dropped one in the hole. Uh, caused us a few problems. We altered something very slightly at half-time and I thought we had the ascendancy and to say, you know, wanting the goal, didn't quite get it. The FA Trophy first round draw is made today. Luton Town are in the hat, along with our non-league sides from the three counties who won at the weekend. David Hayes' boxing career could be over. The former world heavyweight champion has been advised to retire by doctors after he had major surgery to reconstruct his right shoulder in Germany last week. BBC Three Counties Radio News and Sport. I'll be back with the full bulletin at eight. Across beds, hearts and bucks. This is Ian Lee. BBC Three Counties Radio. Morning, this is Ian Lee, BBC Three Counties uh, Radio. If you want to give me a call, you can do. 08459 455 555. What would you do if you found someone in your house? How far would you go? It's a tough one, isn't it? Because you, you, you kind of think you'd be the big man or the big woman. But when you're confronted with someone in a balaclava carrying a knife on the hall, in your hallway, uh, I guess, you know, who knows how you're going to react. So it'll be nice to hear from you uh, to kind of get your thoughts on what you think you might do. It would be even nicer to hear from you if you have been in a situation like that. If you have come home and found someone in your house or you've woken up and gone downstairs and there's someone trying to get your telly through the window. 08459 455 555. What would you do? What did you do? And it does make it different if your family are threatened. Look, if they're downstairs in my living room, I'll help them put stuff in the back of their van. I would load up the telly, I'd go and get all the guitars from upstairs and, uh, you know, the the millions of pounds worth of jewellery we don't have. I'd give them whatever they wanted, take it. Uh, if they're in my kid's bedroom, it, it's, it becomes different then, doesn't it? But things, I've got, I've got house insurance, it's fine, you want to take it. I'll be upset, I'll be angry, I'll be frustrated, but then I'll make a call to the, who are we with, the co-op probably, uh, the next morning and get it sorted. 08459 455 555. Ben's in hearts. Morning, Ben. Good morning. Ben, what would you do? Um, it really depends on the situation. But first of all, I've, I have had um, some training in this, uh, this kind of field. Um, but essentially, if someone enters my house, because I will have locked my doors and windows, to make entry, they will have used force, and therefore, will, and therefore, I have reasonable belief they have some form of implement. If I have reasonable belief they have an implement or a weapon, I'm allowed to use whatever force necessary to ensure mine and the other occupants of my house's safety including lethal force, and I do not have to give any warning in that scenario, which is what I, which is what I would do if I believe someone was attempting to break it. But ben, if somebody you, broke it in yep. and they had my, say, family held hostage, at that point it would be completely different. If someone's actually threatening you, the chances are it's, chances are it's no longer a good idea to engage them. When you say you would use lethal force... Uh, <sighs> Could you, though, Ben? Could you really kill a man? 
Absolutely, without warning. And when you say you've had uh, you've had training in this, what training have you had? I've had training in armed and uh, armed and unarmed combat and some firearms training. Why did you do that? Was that just like a fun weekend with the lads, or were you planning for an eventuality like this? It's not that I planned for an. It's not that I planned for an eventuality. It basically started out as a um, as a hobby. And uh, it's just a mean. It's a means of uh, protect, it's a means of protecting oneself. And mainly, it's because most of that is learning when and when not to engage. When not to engage is just as important because you can put yourself at much more risk yeah. attempting to fight someone than you can just letting them get on with it. But if they just come in, right, and you come downstairs and you see a couple of lads and they've got the PlayStation in a sack, they've got the, the, the DVD player and, and the, you know, your posh cutlery, you'd just let them take it, wouldn't you? In that scenario, I would, yes, because that would be the safest thing for me to do. Yeah. But on the other hand, if I, so if I had... If I had been made aware of their presence and they weren't aware of mine at that point i wouldn't hesitate to use any sort of force necessary because that is in my best interest at that time ben thank you very much indeed um 08459 what we need to and by the way we're not in any way making light of the incident that happened at the weekend where a gentleman was stabbed uh, and is, is severely ill in hospital and please don't think for a second that we are making light of that at all of course not a horrible hideous situation and we wish him and his family all of the best but th- that that has the, the conversation has kind of naturally flowed into this uh, instance of, of what would you do and i guess the incident the weekend shows that, that, that it, it isn't that easy whatever you might think you know this guy woke, woke up to hear his kids screaming he tried to get out of his bedroom door. He couldn't. They were holding his door shut. Whatever you think, you never quite know what's going to happen. So while we wish the gentleman, uh, you know, at the weekend and his family all of the best, the, the conversation has kind of moved on from that to what you would do. Really would like to speak to you this morning if you have been in that situation of waking up and finding somebody in your house. How on earth must that feel? I can't think of anything more terrifying 08459 555555. Across beds, hearts, and bucks. This is Ian Lee. BBC Three Counties Radio. Well, a new book, Remember Those? A new book aims to resurrect some of the lost gems of the English language. Well, Justin Dealey is uh, our word correspondent. You're hardly Giles Brandreth, are you, Dealey? Thank you, boss. You're, you're Tough a, assignment, this one. You go onto the streets and ask people what their favourite word is, well, and then you start giving me grief. Thank you. You, you are a blatteroon and a ninny hammer, sir. <laughs> no, but we've asked you to find out what people's favourite words mm. are, and I believe you, you've managed to do it. Yeah, I've got a couple to kickstart you this morning. Right. Seriously, do you have a favourite word, though, Ian, before we start this? Uh, yes, I do. Uh, and what would that word be? Serendipity. Right, okay, for I think me... It's, I think it's a... Be- hang on a second. Yeah. I think it's a beautiful word. Yeah. Uh, and it just it just bounces around in the mouth before it pops out on the end of the tongue. Serendipity. Oh, beautiful. Serendipity. It just for pops m- out. Bounce, 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 pop. Uh, for me, probably magnificent. Um, sadly, though, I don't <laughs> seem to <laughs> use that word w- with you in the same sentence, <laughs> Oh, you know? I, I, I know when you do use it. <laughs> right. Anyway. Yes, I got a couple to kickstart you this morning. Yes. Here's what people in Lucent have had to say about their favourite yeah, words. You don't swear but your favourite word you use instead of swearing. Can you tell us that favourite word? Fish 
fishhooks. Yes. So when something goes wrong, that's the word that you use. That's what word I would use, yeah. Fishhooks. And how many times a day do you say that word fishhooks? Three or four, if I'm honest. Come on, Annika, what's your favourite word then? Really? Really? Really. Really? Really. Why really? Just really. <laughs> Uh, sorry, is that it? That's it for the time being. Uh, Two well, to well, kick well, you off. No, hang on a second. Hang Fish on. hooks and really. No, 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 no. When I send you out for a Vox, <laughs> Justin, for that's what yes. it's called, mm-hmm. I expect more than... Let me just look at the computer. Well, there's a couple there. 26 seconds. Hang on a second. It's 26 seconds long. I have been working on other stories this morning. There's a couple to kick you off. The point I was trying to make is... To people out there, really have a favourite word. You've got do. two. That took me thirty minutes to get two people. Thirty minutes to yes. get twenty-six seconds worth of, of um, barely adequate radio. I stopped some man in the street around ten minutes ago. He had headphones on. As it happens, he was listening to you, Ooh. and I said to him, "What's your favourite word?" He went, "Favourite words? I haven't got a favourite word. See you later, bye." And that was it. And that was somebody who was tuned into your program. How many of your listeners actually have a favourite word? To be honest, mate, you could have padded the piece out with that because that was. I mean. <laughs> No, I don't, I, okay, my new favourite word at the moment is pathetic. Ah, oh, right. Because okay. because that's what that was, Dealy. Okay. Well, I tried for you. There's a couple to get you uh, get you started. What is, what is wrong with you today? I know what do you a, mean? I know you've had a tough weekend. You, how, how is your neck, by the way? Is it uh, all yes, right? it's fine, thank you. Yes. A little, little neck injury. Yeah. But I just this. <laughs> It's a real. Could you go and get some more? Yes, I shall have some more for you for after 8.30, okay? (laughs) Thank you, Justin. I'll speak to you later on. Ta-ta. Can we prove Justin Dealey wrong, please? Well, I've just hit the desk and everything's got louder in my ears. Isn't that funny? Can we prove Justin Dealey wrong? Everybody has a favourite word. I'm going to throw it randomly at the team now. Catherine Ball, favourite word? Want wit. Oh, what does that mean? It's a Shakespearean way of saying someone's an idiot. There you go, you see. Kelly Betts, your second favourite word? Smile. Oh, you see. What does that mean? It's what I'm doing now. Hey, who knows? Hands up, who knows where the word grotty comes from when it was first used? Oh, tell. Anyone? 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 Is it to do with garrote? No, of course it's not. Well, that's pretty nasty. Oh, wait, four five nine four double five five double five. Where, where, where was the word grotty first used? It's a good one. Was it just then? Oh, for goodness sake, the people I'm dealing with. Oh, wait, four five nine four. I'll tell you after eight if you don't know. Oh, wait, four five nine four double five five double five. Don't Google it. When was the word grotty first used? I imagine, I imagine it's an abbreviation of grotesque, if that gives you a clue. Oh. As to when it was first used and who, f- who first used it. Person sadly no longer with us. It was exciting, isn't it? 08459. Yes, it is. 08459 455 555. On the subject of what would you do if a, a, a burglar came into your house is Steve in St Albans. Good morning, Steve. Morning, mate. Steve, what would you do? Well, I, what was going to ask, what happens if your dogs attack someone? Uh, well, it, it, it depends who they're attacking. Is this a burglar? Yeah. Well, I, 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 depend, I guess it depends on what they do to the burglar and what the burglar is doing. Well, I'll, I'll be honest with you. We used to take a little Jack Russell with us to the all shows and that. Mm-hmm. And um, she used to be outside the horse box and everyone was warned and knew what she was like. And this old boy, what we knew, stepped over the top of her. She jumped up and grabbed his crown jewels and hung from them. Oh, Deary me. And every time you tried to get her off light, you know, her eyes went white and she had another boy at them. Oh, flipping heck. <laughs> he, he was an old boy, though, was he? So he didn't need them. <laughs> you know, I've said, I've given this advice before. You know how to stop a dog biting, don't you? There's many things to say, but most of them don't work. Finger up the backside. Don't work. Have you tried it? I have tried many things. The best thing to do <laughs> is, uh, is... Is... 
their ear roll is the most sensitive place on them. Right. Uh, just so you, you lick it. Really, yeah. Put your tongue in it, that's it. Um, <laughs> no, you just squeeze it and twist it like, you know, and cause a bit more pain than that, and they usually let go then. OK. But you, when, did, when did you have cause to try putting your finger up a dog's bum? Well, um, a bloke went and had his dog attack one of our horses. Right, well, blimey. And uh, he, he was saying to do it. Anyway, I stood and I stood. I had, I, I had hold of the dog, and anyway, in the end, I just uh, choked, put a bit of bailing string in, choked him Ooh. a bit, and all of a sudden he just let go. Flippin' heck. Steve? Yes, mate. Very quickly, before I let you go, thank you very much for that call. Do you know when the word grotty was first used? Uh, might be when Tony Blair was in power. It was a little bit before Tony Blair. It was a little bit before Tony Blair. It's a good one, this. I, I hope it's true. I think, no, it is true. I, yeah, it's a fact. 08459 555 7.45 exactly. It's BBC Three Counties Radio. Let's get the latest travel news now. Here's Alice Glossop. Travel news for beds, cards and bugs. BBC Three Counties Radio. M40 still struggling London bound, slow between Junction 5 for Stoke and Church and 4 for the High Wycombe Handy Cross Roundabout. Also struggling between Junction 2 for Beaconsfield and 1A for the M25. Northbound there are queues on the A40 at the Denham Roundabout to the M25 on the M40. M1 southbound slow between Junction 12 for Flittick and 9 for Redbourne which is taking half an hour to get through. The M25 is queuing between Junction 21 for the M1 and 20 for Kings Langley anti-clockwise. A1M southbound slow between Junction 8 for Hitchin and 7 for Stevenage and then the A5 London bound slow in patches on the speed centres especially around Mark Yate public transport Metropolitan line is suspended between Harrow on the Hill and Uxbridge also the Piccadilly line has service suspended between South Harrow on Uxbridge that's after a signalling problem this is Alice Glossop BBC Three Counties Radio Thank you very much, Alice. It's 7.46. It's Monday the 18th of November. I'm Ian Lee. These are your headlines on BBC Three Counties Radio. A man has been repeatedly stabbed during a break-in at his home in Luton. There's another delay to the opening of a new health centre in the Wolverton area of Milton Keynes. And in motor racing, it was a record for Sebastian Vettel in the Milton Keynes-based Red Bull, who's won his eighth Grand Prix in a row. Coming up, Grotty. 08459 But before that, and that was in no way a slur on Kate Kinsella, here she is with the weather. Beds, hearts and bucks weather. BBC Three Counties Radio. No offence taking good morning. It's rather misty and murky. Some might say a grotty start to the new working week. It is rather grey. It is rather drizzly. It's rather damp out there. But it is feeling a little mild. Now, it's not going to get much warmer than it is right now. Across the, all three counties, it's around 7 or 8 Celsius. We're likely to see a maximum of 10 Celsius later on today. It's not likely to improve too much either. If the mist does clear, it's going to clear into low clouds. So it's going to stay rather grey. Now, we've got a band of rain making its way towards us this afternoon, really towards the end of the afternoon and towards sunset and then it'll move southwards. That is a cold front and it continues on its journey south and eastwards. Behind it, clearer air, drier air, much colder air as the name suggests. So clear skies throughout the uh, uh, throughout the, the night following that cloud clearance and then the temperature is going to drop quite quickly and quite far. We're looking at a frost by dawn tomorrow morning. It's a crisp winter's day tomorrow, an increasing northwesterly breeze, blue skies sun 
sunshine, feeling really rather bitter. The maximum temperature likely to see 7 Celsius, 45 degrees in Fahrenheit. But with that wind factored in, it's not going to feel that at all. It's going to feel much colder. There's also a slim chance of a wintry flurry or two over the children's. The higher ground may see a little bit of wintriness, maybe some hail mixed in there as well. And that's your forecast. Every weekday from 12, Nick Coffer brings you... Going from the same to to Bond was rather like a a diamond being put into a much more expensive, intricate setting. I believe women have affairs because they seek love and affirmation. So, you know, my marriage went wrong and I had an affair, but I would not have done that had I not been unhappy, I think. I left school wanting to be a magician, but my mother wouldn't let me because my Auntie Maureen was in show business and she was a naughty lady. Nick Coffer, weekdays from... 12 on BBC Three Counties Radio. 08459 455 555. Karim's in Dunstable. Morning, Karim. Morning. What would you like to say? Um, it's with regards to um, the, guy, the guy that's got injured with the intruder breaking into his house. Yeah. Um, basically, I've had, the same, I've had a similar experience where an intruder broke into our house while uh, my children were sleeping. And um, I came down the stairs, um, tackled the intruder and uh, broke his arm. He then basically tried to escape, which he did, but by that time the police had already come round the corner because he had already tried to break into someone else's house and they had pre-alerted the police. So, with regards to basically when you said that, you know, should we tackle intruders, I think, yes, we should, because I was protecting my kids. I mean, and also the fact that that, that affected my daughter for a number of years, whenever my wife and I have wanted to go out, and, um, you know, or if my wife's gone out, she, she's felt kind of uneasy because she's had flashbacks. So, um... Well, he, how, how did you know, Karim, that there was someone in your house? Were you all in bed and you heard something? That's right. We were in bed. Um, I heard the door kind of break open. I ran... I first of all went into my children's bedroom. I, I shut their bedroom door, both of them. I went down the stairs... How old... Was, sorry, sorry to interrupt. How old were your kids at the time? Uh, my daughter was... She was about... 10 then, and my son was um, 8. Oh dear. Okay, so you ran downstairs. I went downstairs, and he had quarters daylight. He was standing in the hallway, looking up at me, and then straight away um, came towards me, and that was it. I mean, I have practiced martial arts before, so by that time, you know, I used it as self-defense. And, um, you know, he did try to, you know, he did try to grapple with me and everything, and I, I did kind of put him into a position broke his arm, he ran away um, and by that time the police had already come round the corner and they did actually um, get hold of him and arrest him And what did the police say about your action, breaking his arm? Well, you know, they said they, they, they did actually say that, you know, he has, he has got a broken arm and this was afterwards obviously after they had arrested him because they didn't kind of realise that he did, I did break his arm um, they did afterwards did say that, you know, he, he suffered a broken arm and I said, well, that was in self-defence, the reason being because I was protecting my children. Mm. And obviously they couldn't really argue against that. He did then, um, he was then, there was a positive ID that was done as well after that to make sure that that was, that was the, the chap that did actually enter my house. Um, and then they said that, you know, he, he felt quite remorsed about understanding that my kids were in the house and everything. But that didn't help, that didn't help much because that did affect my daughter at the end of the day. And it affected my daughter for a good number of years mm. till she actually got over it. You know, so whenever we wanted, whenever my wife and I did want to go out, 
um, she felt very uneasy or one of us, like my wife wanted to go out for the night or if I wanted to go out for the night, it was very difficult because she, she wouldn't sleep at night. She would have flashbacks. Here's a question, Karim. Have you got any sympathy at all for the burglar? Not really. Not when, it, not when, when, not when it's going to affect your children. When it affects your family, you can't have sympathy for someone like that because they, they know what they want to do. They know that they want to come into your house and they, they're, they're kind of... Um, you know, inflicting into your property, and they want to—they they want to inflict damage. I mean, you know, I, I don't know. I mean, the thing is, had had something happened to me, and the kids were upstairs, how would that affected them? Mm. Just like this guy, he's got stabbed now. He's in hospital. You know. You know, is he going to survive? Is he not going to survive? We don't know. Well, exactly. It's, I, I don't, Karim, I'm going to do I don't dwell too much on the the, the weekend's I- events because I, I don't want it to look like we're making uh, light or, or uh, anything out of that at all. But I appreciate what you had to say. Karim there broke the uh, arm of burglar. The reason I ask if he had any sympathy is because, because, let's just follow this train of thought for a second, however superfluous and uh, ridiculous it perhaps may seem. Imagine you're in such a desperate situation... So desperate that you, the only way you, could, you, you think you can get by is by breaking into someone's house and stealing something. No, no one wants to do that, do they? It'd be great. Listen, I know that this is a tough one. We've got an hour of the show left. It would be great if we could speak to someone this morning who has broken into someone's house. That would be wonderful. Now, uh, the odds of us getting a caller like that, very, very slim. But let's put it out there. 08459 I would love to understand uh, how desperate someone must be to want to break into someone's house. Nobody kind of at school, when you go to the, 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 the careers officer, what do you want to do? I want to um, be a vet. What do you want to do? I want to be a, a, a lorry driver. What do you want to do? I want to break into people's houses and steal stuff. No one wants to do that, do they? So what drives people to do that? They must be so desperate. Have you got any sympathy for them? 08459 455555. Ray's on the M1 North. Good morning, Ray. What's up? You've got some traffic information for us. What's happening? Oh, dear. Um, oh, that's don't not go good. Out. Don't go out. Uh, I'm just going now past... I've just been to the airport, came back through the town, back towards Junction 11 on the Dunstable Road. Yep. Traffic cannot get off. They're on the slip road, but they can't move because the traffic is stationary on the motorway. Oh. So therefore, if they can't get on there, it's like a corkscrew effect now. The people from Dunstable can't get around the lights because the people from who are going south who's trying to get off, they can't get off because oh, no. the people... It's like a corkscrew on Junction 11. I've just gone past Tonnington. It's fairly clear between 11 or 12 and 11 going south. But then from 12 now, it's almost stationary again. It's real stops and starts. I think there's a lot to do with the matrix signs. I've been set a ridiculous, like 40 or something, whatever. Uh, they may have slowed traffic down, I'm not sure. But certainly 11 is the bad one to look out for. Ray, I appreciate uh, your call. Thank you very much for the warning. Very quickly, before I let you go, do you know when, when the word grotty was first used? It sounds like the, it sounds like the 60s. 60s word to me. Ray, you're good. He's good. We're honing in. I'll let you go, Ray. It's not a brilliant line. We're honing in on the origins of the word grotty. Sounds like a 60s word. He's, he's not far off. In fact, he's right. 
He's, he's right. Go on, Catherine Boyle. Was it Kenneth Williams? <laughs> Kenneth Williams? It sounds like one of his. Oh, grotto. <laughs> Were you doing a voice then? No. <laughs> no, it wasn't Kenneth Williams. Kelly's got... Kelly, what were, you, what, were you, what were you saying there? I can't believe how much I don't care. I've never cared about anything in my life less. But somehow I want to know. <laughs> she doesn't care about a lot of stuff. <laughs> oh, she's only young, bless her. But, but you don't want to know the entomology, the origins of words. Yeah, words, not grotty. Grotty's a word. Well, it's dead grotty. Use it in a sentence. Oh, uh, that, oh, oh, Catherine looks dead grotty today. Yeah. She looks lovely every day. Well, I know. Well, forgive Ian's shirt. It's a bit grotty, but it's actually clean. Is that were you? Was what I was that? I don't think I'll ever need to use that word. But you've never heard of the word grotty before. No, I don't. Oh God! Oh, that building's really grotty. Why use that? Oh, Heart Heart FM the words is there are. Heart FM is really grotty radio station. I won't call it that. Oh eight four five nine four double five five double five is the telephone number. Um, Peter in Walmer Green. I made up my own word, twonk. And Julian from Milton Keynes says my favourite word is sugar. Everyone's got a favourite word. We all know that. Uh, let's have a quick look at the front pages of them newspapers, shall we? Shall we? Well, um, uh, where are we? Who's, who's been messing my papers up? For goodness sakes, Catherine Boyle. The Times. Oh look, there's there's uh, what's her face? Helen Mirren is on the front page of the Times. Dress your age, love. Dress your age, you look ridiculous. You look ridiculous. Hands off, hands whoa, off the mirror. What? Hands off the mirror. She looks dead grotty. She looks fantastic. She doesn't. She looks like, um, uh, you know, um, you know meat when it's really old, it's called mutton. And you know um, <gasps> meat when it's really young, it's called lamb. She is mutton dressed as. Honestly, it's embarrassing. If that was your nana... You'd, I you'd, would be so happy. I'd be would, so proud of her. She looks lovely. You would take her to as one... As my nan. You would take her to one side and say, Nana, for goodness sake. Can I borrow your frock? Oh, for goodness sakes. Dress your age, not your shoe size. What? Um, The Guardian. Uh, Doris Lessing has died, 1919 to 2013. No, I don't know. She won the Nobel Prize for Literature, but... uh, mm. Security chiefs exaggerated NSA leak fears. Um, I'll be honest, the news is kind of... It's a little bit dull today. There's not really... Anything too sexy going on. Um, the Daily Express. Arctic blast to, blast to last a month. Um, the Daily Mail. Google block on child porn. Oh, Co-op Bank faces police quiz on crystal meth as well. That's an interesting story. About uh, One of the chairmen of the cooperative bank is uh, accused of um, uh, buying drugs. And he's also a minister. The Sun have a great headline on that, page nine. The crystal methodist. Very clever, well done. You know, when, when they do a good headline like that, it's high fives all around the office and someone goes out to get donuts. That's, that's what happens. Um, and the front page of the sun, they stink it's all over, although more space is given to two people I've never seen in my life who are now in the jungle somewhere. Good for them, well done. Travel news for beds, cards, and bugs. BBC Three Counties Radio. The M1 southbound looking a little bit worse now. Slow between junctions 13 for Bedford and 9 for Redbourne. The M40 London bound still struggling between Stoke and Church, junction 5 and 4 for the High Wycombe Handy Cross roundabout. Northbound on the M40, there are queues um, on the A40 at the Denham roundabout to the M25. M25 anti-clockwise queues between junction 21 for the M1 and 16 for the M40. A1M southbound is slow between junction 10 for Baldock and 7 for Stevenage, as well as between 4 for Hartford and 2 for Wellham green this is alice gloss at bbc three counties radio alice thank you very much indeed what would you do if there's a burglary 
David, uh, oh dear. David's very angry with my attitude. I'll, I'll tell you what David says after the news with Jane. Local and vocal across beds, hearts and bucks. This is BBC Three Counties Radio. It's eight o'clock, I'm Jane Killick. The headlines, Luton man seriously ill in hospital after confronting intruders who broke into his home. Delay hits new health centre for Wolverton and report doubts the future of the Olympics legacy. BBC Three Counties Radio. Police are appealing for information after a Luton man was stabbed repeatedly during a break-in at his home. 47-year-old Tony Abrahams confronted intruders after being woken by a noise at the house in Wellfield Avenue in the early hours of Saturday. He was taken to Luton and Dunstable Hospital, where he's in a serious but stable condition. Marie Adams is one of Tony's neighbours. I think everybody's in shock that this sort of thing should happen on your own doorstep. Um, It's all wrong and... Why these people think they can go away and try and steal things from that people have worked hard for, I do not know. The world's two leading internet search engine companies, Google and Microsoft, have agreed measures to block access to images of child sex abuse. They've developed technology that will prevent more than 100,000 search terms associated with child pornography from producing any results. The move has been welcomed by David Cameron, but he's warned that he could bring in legislation if the computer giants failed to deliver. The body of a 78-year-old man missing for two weeks has been found in the same road where he lived. Andrew Goldsborough had been found behind fencing at Compton Avenue. Police say there are no suspicious circumstances. A new health centre in the Wolverton area of Milton Keynes, which was due to open today, faces a further delay. That's after funding was finally agreed to pay for furniture for the centre. The building hasn't been signed off, but Sarah Dockery, who chairs Wolverton Patient Participation Group, thinks the various authorities will be able to complete soon. It's all on course to happen, um, but it just needs to be signed off. And obviously the practice would be foolish to move into a building that hadn't been. So uh, obviously they will wait until they're given the go-ahead, but we're hoping very much that that will be in the next few days. A man will appear in court today over the death of 64-year-old Brian Holmes, who died after a confrontation in the Asda car park in Biggleswade. 65-year-old Alan Watts from Lindsell Crescent in Biggleswade has been charged with manslaughter. A parliamentary report into the London Olympics questions whether present arrangements will deliver an effective and robust legacy. It calls on the government to appoint a minister to take overall responsibility for delivering legacy benefits, which they warn are in danger of faltering. The chairman of the House of Lords Committee on London's 2012 legacy, Lord Harris, says the result's been disappointing. I think what had been hoped was that when the Games themselves took place, there would be suddenly this surge of additional people who'd not previously been participating regularly who would take part. That has not happened. In motor racing, Sebastian Vettel in the Milton Keynes-based Red Bull set a new record for consecutive wins in a single season with victory in the United States Grand Prix. The weather, widespread mist and fog, will give way to a grey and murky day with a high of 9 Celsius. And get the latest news and sport online at bbc.co.uk slash threecounties. We're coming to towns and villages all across our counties. It's got a huge heritage and it's a very unique place. BBC Three Counties Radio's big tour of beds, hearts and bucks. It's impossible to go one day without bumping into someone you know. All this week in Wolverton. The community is the best part about Wolverton. The big tour of beds, hearts and bucks. All this week in Wolverton. BBC Three Counties Radio. 
and suddenly it's eight o'clock. Who'd have thunk it? Morning, Ian Lee, BBC Three Counties Radio. Gosh, it's getting heated on the phones and the texts this morning. We'll go to those in a bit. A Luton man has been stabbed after trying to tackle three masked men who broke into his home. He'd woken up to hear his daughter screaming that there was someone in her room. What would you do in a situation? What have you done in a situation like that? And do you have any sympathy for burglars at all? Remember the new health centre that was definitely going to open in Wolverton this morning? It's definitely not going to open in Wolverton this morning. Someone muffed up. Also, what's your favourite word? Facebook.com forward slash BBC 3CR. You can send me a text, 81333. Start your text 3CR. Or you can give me a call, 08459 455 555. Across beds, hearts and bucks. This is BBC Three Counties Radio. We had a text earlier on from David, who, if I remember uh, correctly, um, he had a commando knife and a 20-inch bayonet, wasn't it? It, it, Hidden somewhere secret in his bedroom. Uh, And I think I described him as a fun guy. David has uh, tweeted, uh, sorry, texted back in. Ian, your message and take-what-you-like attitude will embolden any potential house intruder that it's a pushover. From David, brackets, yes, I'm a fun guy. David, that's just common sense. They are things. They are just things that I bought with money. If those things get damaged or taken, I can replace them either with my money or with insurance money. Or I don't replace them at all. But my life and my kids' lives are not things that can be replaced by insurance. Listen, the path of least resistance, I think, is the, is the best situation in this. You come in, uh, w- listen, take what you want, go. Thanks very much. Yeah, if they start messing around with the kids or my wife, then, then that changes it significantly and other avenues would have to be considered. Of course they would. Don't touch my kids, don't touch my wife. But if you're touching my TV and my Xbox, touch it, take it. I don't, I, honestly, I don't care. They're just things. Marion and Hemel says, I've got absolutely no sympathy at all for burglars. I don't care how desperate they are. Do they care about their victims? Phil has texted in 81333, starting his text 3CR. My father-in-law was confronted by an intruder in his kitchen once. The intruder said he was looking for his mate. My dad-in-law thought he might mean my wife's brother, so called him down from upstairs. When the intruder saw all six foot six and nearly 20 son of my brother-in-law he, uh, appear, he decided to leave peacefully. And um, uh, here's an email from William. Ian, you paint a very unrealistic picture of your actions if you were burgled. You may be insured, but do you honestly believe your insurers are just going to say, here's a cheque, Mr Lee? Uh, no, they will try every trick in the book to reduce or cancel payment. Later, if the criminals are caught, a smart-ass solicitor, just like the one you interviewed, will attempt in court to destroy your character and blame you for the crime. Cynical Bill and Mil- Bill, Bill, Bill. There's cynicism and there's stupidity. And I think, you're, I think with the greatest respect, you're erring on the side of stupidity in that instance. So, you know. 08459 455 555. Andy's in Newport Pagnall. Good morning, Andy. Good morning. Andy, you've been burgled, have you? Uh, twice, I'm afraid. What happened? Um, first time I woke up in the middle of the night and uh, could hear this, uh, the sort of movement in the kitchen. I thought it was the kids in the fridge, but I went into the kitchen and was aware in the darkness that there was a, a man standing in the, the French windows. Um, and so what I happened? I had butted him and he fell through the French windows. You did what, sorry, mm. Andy? 
I, I head busted him. Wow. Um, um, I wasn't wearing a great deal, and um, I, I, I just went for it. But um, unfortunately, he went through the French windows, yeah. um, and, and he hit his head on a retaining wall, which did him no good. Police turned up a little later and arrested him, and then about four o'clock in the morning, the police returned and arrested me. The the guy who who I had butted was a career criminal. Right. Um, and he had a brief, and the brief turned up and said that I'd used unreasonable force. The police returned and, uh, and arrested me for uh, using unreasonable force against the burglar. So now you were got- you were arrested, Andy, but did it, um, did it go to court? No, no, there was an agreement. I I um, didn't press charges against the burglar, and the uh, burglar didn't uh, press charges against me. Oh, mate! Them. See, I would have I would have taken that to court. I'd have got I'd have got myself a brief and gone to court with that. Um, I was between jobs at the time. Right. So not 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 an option for me. No. Okay. Um, and how did that make leave you feeling? You must have felt gutted. Um, I was cross because I mean I I, I became aware quite quickly that the the guy was a frequenter of a local pub to where I was. Right. I, I get the impression he was probably quite amused by well. the fact that he did what he did. And <sighs> Andy, listen, I appreciate uh, your, your story. Thank you very much indeed. How, how frustrating. The reason we're talking about this is because, uh, well, police are appealing for information after a Luton man was stabbed several times during a break-in at his home in Wellfield Avenue. 47-year-old Tony Abrahams confronted the three men in a bid to protect his family. One of his neighbours, Marie Adams, told our reporter Matt Lockwood everyone is in shock. It's all wrong and, and why these people think they can go away and try and steal things from that people have worked hard for. I do not know. I th- it's just, I think everybody in the area is upset about it. If this thing happened to you, if you had burglars inside your house and you had a family to protect, would you do the same thing? I don't know. You know, you automatically, I think, because it's your property, and if you're woken up in the middle of the night, like he obviously was, and you come downstairs and have a look and then to be stabbed on your own doorstep, it's wicked. Uh, I can't see how anybody can do that. You know, they're not human. They can't be human. Well, Justin Dealey has been to Wellfield Avenue this morning. Justin, the cordons have been taken down, is that right? Yes, that's right. Uh, the police cordon has now been removed. I think if you were driving down that road this morning, you certainly wouldn't think anything had happened over the weekend. A few moments ago, I spoke to neighbour Stephen Roach, and here's what happened. Well, Stephen, you live along this road. Just uh, just how shocked are you about uh, what's happened over the weekend? Well, very shocked. Very shocked, really. It, it could have been any any house along this street. Well, yeah, it could, it could have been any house. It could have been my, my mum's house next door. So what about precautions moving forward? Are you going to have extra security on your home now? I'm thinking about it, yeah. Yeah, I am. Just security lights and camera, maybe. And have you ever known anything like this before along this road on your side no, here? never, never. I've been here 20 years. You've never been broken into yourself or anything like that? Uh, luckily, no. And do you think something like this, which has shocked you and your mum so much, will, will put you off living along this road? Uh, it won't put us off living there. I think it'll pull everyone closer together uh, in the community. Justin, thank you very much uh, for that. Detective Inspector Ian Morgan is leading the investigation. Uh, good morning, Ian. People are feeling very vulnerable. What can you say to reassure them? Well, uh, morning to start with, Ian. I think 
what, what we have to do we've got to put this this in context. Yes, although it's a shocking incident, and, and, and clearly uh, somebody's been been hurt by these these intruders. I think the reason we're talking about it is because it is rare, and, and these type of incidents do not happen very often. Uh, if they happened all the time, we, I don't think we'd be uh, talking about it in the way that we are. So I'd like to reassure people that this is a rare incident, uh, and, and these things very rarely happen. What What do we know that happened? Well, we know that the gentleman in question um, heard his daughter um, shouting from her, her bedroom um, and he went to leave his bedroom and, and couldn't get out um, because the door was being held closed. Uh, he eventually managed to open, open the door uh, where he's been confronted by the, the, the intruders on the landing. Uh, and he's been stabbed several times, is that right? He's been stabbed, yeah. I'm, I'm not prepared to go into how many, how many okay. times um, he's been stabbed. Uh, and what? I guess you're appealing for witnesses, but what time of the day did this happen? This happened at uh, 3:20 um, a.m. on Saturday morning. So it's going to be tough to find witnesses, isn't it? It is. Yes. Unfortunately, um, um, most people are in bed at that time of, of, of the morning, um, so, so the opportunity for, for, for people walking down the street is limited. Do we know how they got into the house? We have our suspicions at this time, but again, that's that's a part of the investigation that, that I'd like to, to keep to ourselves at the moment. What can people do to protect themselves, Ian? We're hearing all kinds of things. We're hearing about people installing burglar alarms. We've also heard from a gentleman who's got a commando knife hidden in his bedroom. Now, that seems a little extreme to me. What, what would your suggestions be? I, I, would, I would suggest uh, using any sort of weapon is, extremely, is extreme. Um, uh, and... I think people do be, need to be mindful of the law. You can use reasonable force to protect your, your property. Uh, and I think the, the, the key thing there is reasonable. You're confronting somebody on the landing uh, with a commando knife and, and them having nothing in their hands and you then stabbing them and, and killing them is, is likely to lead you to being in some serious trouble. I suppose the thing is, uh, and, and while I'd agree with that, if, if my kids were under threat, Ian, then I, I would do whatever it took. I've been saying all morning, if, it, if they want the TV and the Xbox, take it, I'm not bothered. But if my kids or wife are under threat, then, then that does change things, doesn't you, it? You can use what is classed as reasonable force to protect, protect your, your nearest and dearest, as indeed you can yourself, and that is in, in, in how you feel at that time and your, your mindset at that point in time. Uh, if people have any information, Ian, wh- wh- where should they go? How, how should they if, contact if, you? If they can phone the, the police, Bedfordshire Police, on, on, on 101, uh, and asked to speak to, to, to DC Mohammed Hussain or DSD Facer in the office at Luton Police Station, or, or if they feel that they can't speak to the police, speak in confidence to Crime Stoppers on 0800 555 one. And do we know how the gentleman and his family are doing? Yeah, he, he, he's, he's improving. Um, obviously, the family are, are upset. I mean, it's a traumatic incident, isn't it, for anybody? Mm. Um, but I, I think um, they're recovering well. Uh, D.I. Uh, Ian Morgan, uh, thank you very much indeed. 08459 455 555 is the telephone number if you want to give us a call on that. Someone's got a correct answer on where the word grotty comes from. Are you, are you excited now, Kelly Betts? You, you excited about the, the prospect uh, of learning? No. Not in the slightest? No. Catherine, you, you're an intelligent, um, say, young woman. <laughs> wow, OK. You're an intelligent ageing woman. Younger than you. Mm. Just, you're an intelligent ageing woman. <sighs> You must be excited by finding out the origins of the word grotty. I'm thrilled. Why are you taking the mick out of me? It's a really good... OK, so tell us. After this. Travel news for beds, hearts and bugs. BBC Three Counties Radio. 
In Warrington, the A428 is closed in both directions after a serious accident. Delays on the M1 still southbound between Junction 13 for Bedford and 9 for Redbourne, taking about 45 minutes to get through there. M25 anti-clockwise still queuing between Junction 21 for the M1 and 16 for the M40. Now the M40 London bound slow between Junction 5 for Stoke and Church and 4 for the High Wycombe Handycross roundabout. Northbound there are queues between the A40 at the Denham roundabout to the M25. The A40 is also looking very slow on the speed sensors um, as you lead up to the M40. A1M southbound slow between Junction 10 for Baldock and 7 for Stevenage. Public transport Metropolitan Line now have minor delays between Harrow on the Hill and Uxbridge and the Piccadilly Line have those minor delays between Acton Town and Uxbridge. This is Alice Gloss at BBC Three Counties Radio. Thank you very much. Right, 8.16, it's Monday the 18th of November. I'm Ian Lee. These are your headlines on the uh, BBC Three Counties Radio. A man is in serious condition in hospital after being stabbed repeatedly during a break-in at his house in Luton. New measures are to be introduced by Google and Microsoft to make it harder to find images of child abuse online. In motor racing, it was eight consecutive wins in a row by Sebastian Vettel in the Milton Keynes-based Red Bull. The weather, grey and murky with a high of nine Celsius. Coming up, do you remember we told you last week about the new health centre in Wolverton that was definitely going to open this morning? Well, newsflash, it's definitely not going to to open this morning. BBC Three Counties Radio. BBC Three Counties Radio's Big Tour. Coming to towns and villages across beds, hearts and bucks as we bring you the three counties like never before. It's a huge trip celebrating all that's amazing about where we live. There's always something that you know everywhere you go. All this week in Wolverton. Somewhere where you're always going to feel welcome. You can get stuck in and get to know people. If you've got a story everyone should know about, let us tell everybody about it. Send us an email to 3cr at bbc.co.uk. It's not just the the place, is it? It's the spirit of the people. BBC Three Counties Radio's big tour of beds, hearts and bucks. All this week in Wolverton. Not only is it a friendly place to live, but it's also, there's lots going on. Local and vocal. BBC Three Counties Radio. Morning, this is Ian Lee, BBC Three Counties Radio. Jonathan Vernon-Smith is fiddling around with my box. What on earth oh, are you doing? Now they work. Yeah, you when see. When you plug them in, they work. It's, it's one of the things I learned at uh, radio school. Plug the headphones in. That was day one. Yes. Day one. I didn't go to day two. Did you not? No, I stopped. Gosh. That's all I needed. I'll explain it. I'm, a, <laughs> I'm going to take that as a compliment, implying I'm a maverick. Yes. Thank you very much yeah. indeed. You're right. I'm all right, thank you. Yes, you're all right. I'm good. I'm good. My, my chest is clearing up. I had a steam on Friday. A little steam. Did you? Did I? So everybody at the uh, local gym has now got my lurgy. Oh, that's nice. Um, and I had a very relaxing weekend. What did I do Saturday? Not a lot. Sunday, watch some films. Right. Yeah, it was nice. Well, that's, uh, that's very exciting. I um, didn't I, ask. Oh, well, no. I mean, but well, you started do, it now. So, but do, I, do you? Uh, do you, you want to know? Well, no. Um, I don't. Know. I need to speak to my producer, Catherine. I don't know. Do, do we want to know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Kelly. Uh, yeah. Yeah, <laughs> sure. <laughs> <laughs> Away you go. Well, I mean, whatever I say now is going to be a terrible letdown. 
We'll, well see. I'll tell you one funny story. Yesterday, uh, I went to, went to my uh, my family's house. Yes. And uh, my 90... She'll be 99 very shortly, 99-year-old grandmother. Yeah. Seemingly, the old Brussels had an effect on her. Oh. And uh, she announced that she'd like to get up to spend a penny. Of course. So I said, I'll help you. I'll help you. So I got, you know, I got under one arm yep. and under the other arm. And I'm helping to lift her out of the chair. Yeah. Oh, my word. What what a what a mistake that was! Well, what happened, dear? I did, well, let's just put it like this: I was in quite the wrong position. What did she do? Well, she'd had Brussels sprouts, you know the effect. Oh my God, Chicken really? When you're 99. Oh, Good that's Lord. how unpleasant. But Lord. listen, when you're when you're that age, you can do pretty much. Did it sound a bit like this? <laughs> Is this your grandmother at the weekend? <laughs> it was very much like that, really. Yes, and for about the same length. <laughs> <laughs> oh, bless her. When you're 98, you can do what you want, can't you? Oh, it's very funny. How and the best part was, she was the only one in the room that didn't hear it. <laughs> <laughs> oh, oh. Kelly Betts is like that every morning. It really is, uh, it really is inappropriate. You really. wish. Yeah, what? <laughs> Why? Now, how is your, your granny? She, she well and good and healthy? She was. She's still alive. Excellent. She's, she's clinging on. Excellent. We're willing her to make it to us. I'm sure she will. What's on your show this morning? Uh, coming up on the big phone in this morning, would you like to see hands-free phones banned from cars? The Ooh. road safety charity Break. They want hands-free phones to be banned from vehicles. They argue that using a mobile phone, hands-free, is equally as distracting as picking up a handset, and it leads to crashes. Research suggests that 98% of drivers fail to talk and drive safely, and so Break suggests the safest thing to do with a mobile phone when getting in a car is to lock it in the boot. What? Well, do you agree? From nine this morning, would you like to see hands-free phones banned from cars? Do you think it's very sensible? Do you think when people talk on the phone, whether they've got the phone in their hand or not, they're distracted, they're not paying attention, they're driving Mm. dangerously, or do you think this is a complete overreaction? 08459 455 555. I'd like your views from nine. In some, it'd be interesting to compare statistics. In some parts of America, you're allowed to talk and text and everything on your your phones, and it doesn't seem to be a major problem. I know there have been several uh, tragic incidents in this country where people have been killed because someone's been texting or on a mobile phone, but I I, I do think, you know, you, you have cups of coffee or a sandwich when you're driving, and that's... I mean, I don't, obviously, because that's against no. the law. I wouldn't do it. I've seen people do it, and they seem to be OK and enjoying it. Right. But I can tell, I can tell when someone's on the mobile phone, when they're driving a car. Yeah. Can't you? You know, you, particularly when they go round a roundabout, and you, you look at the car, and you think they're in completely the wrong lane. Mm. Uh, they, oh, they've not indicated that they're ne- leaving there. I bet he's on the phone. I yeah. bet he's on the phone. And, of course, sure enough, when you, when you pull up parallel, and you give them one of your looks... Yep. Do you do that? I give. I, I, to, I, I honk my horn sometimes. Do you? Yes. Uh, when you give them one of your looks, and there they are, they've got the phone against their ear, or they've got the phone between their legs, and you can see they're looking down at it to have it sending a little sly text. I saw a fella the other week, this was incredible, he had his phone on a little uh, cradle on the dashboard, and he was driving along. I thought, oh, he's watching TV. He wasn't. He was doing a Skype video call. What, whilst he was driving? Whilst he was driving on the North Circular. It that was incredible. Is, that is dangerous. A very naughty. That is very, very dangerous. Well, from Nine, I want your views on hands-free kits. Uh, they're apparently the latest thing that's making us all drive dangerously. I've got to be honest with you, Ian. I'm always talking on my phone with the hands-free kit. Really? Yes. I mean, and uh, to be honest, I've never crashed. Does it mean I'm driving dangerously? Well... From Nine, your views, your experiences. Would you like to see hands-free phones banned from cars? 08459 455 555. 
across beds, hearts and bucks. This is Ian Lee. BBC Three Counties Radio. find out the origins of the word grotty soon. But before that, people living in Wolverton in Milton Keynes have been promised a new health centre for years. And we were told last week it would definitely be happening on Monday today, despite some of the problems around furniture and doctors knocking on people's doors begging for chairs. Well, it's definitely not happening today. Our political reporter, Paul Scoynes, has been in Wolverton. Paul, what is going on? Well, you're right, Ian. It is definitely not open, the uh, new surgery. A member of the uh, staff confirmed that to patients and uh, myself this morning. Um, we understand there's been a delay in, in signing off the building, which is right next to the old practice on Gloucester Road. It's expected to happen later this week. Developers and surveyors are having a discussion about that. We understand it's not related to the other story that we've covered that you've just mentioned, a row over a, a bill of £120,000 for furniture. Uh, residents were even asked, as you say, to donate chairs. That's now been resolved. Uh, a grant for that furniture has now been provided. So, as of this morning, patients are still having to queue up at the old building. What's the mood like there? I, I think it's, this is just a spectacular muff-up, and it's it's ridiculous that such a huge building project has allowed to, to, to falter like this. Are, are patients and, and residents worried that this might turn into a lengthy saga? I think they're a bit frustrated. Um, I think they're frustrated that they've got this lovely new building right next to the, quite frankly, grotty old building. Um, You know, it is not a pretty uh, surgery. And that's partly the reason why they wanted this new building. It's not just for the added services that there will be there, but it will also be, you know, a nice new building for a a town which is expanding. Um, But the the, the residents, the patients, aren't necessarily just frustrated at that. They're frustrated uh, more about the way that the practice functions, the way they have to get appointments. There is no way of booking appointments, they say, uh, and that means that they have to arrive at the surgery from as early as 7.15am every morning. And I asked these first two patients in the queue, Dave Thomas and Sophie Elders, why they'd done that this morning. So go on, just tell me then, why are you here at 7.30 in the morning, sir? It's the only way to get an appointment to the doctor you want to see on the day. And how long has it been a problem like this, man? Um, I'd say, to my knowledge, a good two years. A good two years, if not more. So if you, if you want an appointment at Wolverton Health Centre, what, what do you have to do? Um, basically get yourself down here by the earliest of quarter past seven in the morning. 7.15? Yes, yeah. And they don't open till eight. And even then, there will already probably be a few people in the queue by that time, so it's not unusual. Can you not phone for an appointment? You can try phoning from eight o'clock, but it's normally about half an hour before you get through because it's permanently engaged. They don't answer. What do you think about... I mean, because this morning you're queuing outside the old building and you should be opening or should be able to go into the new building, shouldn't you? Yes, that's correct. I mean, I'm basically... I got here thinking what I read in the local paper that that was open for Friday. The gentleman was in front of me and said, no, I don't think there is. And he went and had a look and said, no, there's still fencing up, so... Well, the barriers are still up, aren't they? I mean, yes, they're, they're, they're yes, sort of, it still looks a bit... It looks like there's it's no, finished, though, doesn't it? Yes, it does, yeah. yeah. But you, there's no way into it because they've got the uh, safety barriers up all the way around. So you've got no signage to tell you that there's anything else to change, so I assume it's business as usual. Do you think when the new centre does open, what you are doing now will change? Hopefully. <laughs> but I'm not too uh, confident that it will, though. You think you'll still have to queue from early in the morning? Well, I don't see how it can, what 
difference will that will make? Because if you've still got the same amount of doctors that are in this place, all that you're changing is the location, which is just a few yards up. So what's, what's going to determine any different to the policy that's already in place at the present time and has been for some years? Well, it's about 22.8 now and there are already six or so people waiting in the queue. I shall let you keep your place. I don't oh, sure. hope you get better soon. Thank you. Paul, we had an email earlier on uh, from uh, Ian who says he uh, saw the uh, new building on Thursday and it looked like it wasn't going to be ready uh, then. What does it look like now? Well, it, I mean, it does look finished. It looks, you know, there, there's some uh, uh, barriers around it at the moment to stop people from going inside it. But actually, if you peer beyond those barriers, everything inside looks good. It's carpeted. Uh, the, the, you know, it's even uh, got some landscaping and some planting around it as well. So it looks all they need to do, I think, is just, just to get the building signed off, make sure that the furniture's all in place, uh, and they can start opening. They hope to do that later this week. Paul, stay there because uh, Shirley's in Milton Keynes. Shirley, you've got uh, an update on this situation, have you? I have. I've just looked out of my bedroom window and they're actually taking the barriers down as I speak. Ah, so you live opposite it, obviously, or I otherwise do. you've got very good eyesight. I look, I live opposite. And they are taking it down. They're taking the barriers down at this very moment. But we've got no indication yet of, of when it's going to open. No, no, not at the moment. What's this, what, what, what do you think? Have you, about you having to queue to make an appointment? I had to queue last Monday morning. I was there at quarter past seven. That's... So why can't you just phone up and book to see a doctor? Because you can't get through. You can't phone till 8 o'clock. And like the other person said, it's permanently engaged for goodness knows how long. And I had a very bad infection in my leg, so I, I desperately needed to see a doctor. So, Angela, if you've got a bad infection in your leg, you don't want to be standing outside a <laughs> surgery at, at, at quarter past seven on a cold November morning. I know. I didn't have a choice, Ian. Really? didn't have a choice. Wow. No. And, and it would appear that, that that same system is going to be carried over to the new health centre. Oh, I would imagine so. I haven't heard anything different, so I really don't know, but I dare say. Shirley, I appreciate your update. Thank you very much indeed. Paul, thank you for that. One, one quick thing before you go, Paul. Uh, mm. You did use the word grotty uh, in this mm. piece. Do you know the origins of the word grotty? Um, I imagine it's got something to do with uh, grot bags. So not that from um, from the yeah. Pink Windmill Show with Rod Hull and Amy. Uh, w- yes, yeah. So not basically that word's only been around since the mid eighties, hasn't it? Travel news for beds, cards, and bugs. BBC Three Counties Radio. The M1 is still slow southbound between 13 for Bedford and 9 for Redbourne, which is taking three quarters of an hour to get through there. M25 anti-clockwise queuing between 21 for the M1 and 16 for the M40. The M40 itself, London bound, is slow between Junction 2 for Beaconsfield and 1A for the M25. Northbound, there are queues on the A40 at the Denham roundabout to the M25. Now those queues on the A40 go eastbound between the Denham roundabout and Gypsy Corner. The A1M southbound is slow between Junction 4 for Hartford and 2 for Wellham Green and in Warrington the A428 is closed in both directions after a serious accident this morning. Public transport, the Metropolitan Line now have minor delays between Harrow on the Hill and Uxbridge after earlier signalling problem but the Piccadilly Line has returned to normal. This is Alice Glossop, BBC Three Counties Radio. Thank you very much. Can I get Paul Scoyne saying grot bags? Clipped please and then made into a ringtone. That's made me laugh so much. It's not the, the word grotty doesn't come from grot bags. I will tell you where it comes from after the news with Jane Killick. Across beds, hearts and bugs. This is BBC Three Counties Radio. 
It's 8.30, good morning. A man repeatedly stabbed during a break-in in Luton is in a serious condition in hospital. 47-year-old Tony Abrahams confronted intruders after being woken by a noise at his home. The new health centre for Wolverton in Milton Keynes has been delayed. The paperwork to sign off the building hasn't been completed. Leading search engines are to block images of child abuse. Thousands of search terms will no longer find illegal material. The weather, mist and fog this morning, then grey and murky with temperatures up to 9 Celsius. Under sport and in motor racing, Sebastian Vettel has made history by becoming the first Formula One driver to win eight successive Grand Prix in the same season. He claimed victory in the Milton Keynes-based Red Bull in the United States. France's Romain Grosjean was second for Lotus, with Vettel's Red Bull teammate Mark Webber in third. Hertfordshire's Lewis Hamilton was fourth, and he was delighted to be competitive in his Mercedes for once. Very, very pumped and just really probably at this point of the year I'm the fittest I've been through the last seven years and so this year I feel the best and unfortunately even though I feel the best I wasn't able to give the results but we've had some problems in the last races to come here to finally get a decent result stay ahead of the Ferraris which was my goal I really am just so proud of the team and proud of myself The former world heavyweight boxing champion David Hay has been advised to retire after having major shoulder surgery. The 33-year-old had reconstruction operation on his right shoulder in Germany on Thursday. Hay has now pulled out of his fight with Tyson Fury in February. In football, Luton Town drew one all at Chester in the conference on Saturday. Andre Gray scored for the Hatters in the first half. Chester equalised and Luton manager John Still says despite making tactical changes, the winning goal wouldn't come. Yeah, now we're sharp. They changed a little bit, dropped one in the hole. Uh, caused us a few problems. We altered something very slightly at half-time and I thought we had the ascendancy and to say, you know, wanting the goal, didn't quite get it. The FA Trophy first round draw is made today. Luton Town are in the hat, along with our non-league sides from the three counties who won at the weekend. BBC Three Counties Radio News and Sport. I'll be back with a full bulletin at nine. Across beds, hearts and bucks. This is Ian Lee. BBC Three Counties Radio. Favourite words, what would you do, what have you done if your house was being broken into and where does the word grotty come from? Ladies, would you like me to educate you? Oh, please, oh, do. Could you do... Right, Kelly, you try. What, sorry, what did you say? Just say... Oh, yeah. Listen, if I was Chris Evans, right, doing the Radio 1 Breakfast Show back in the... We'd be being paid a lot more, wouldn't we? Yeah, Yeah. I like him. No, you would... He's good. Oh. brilliant. Right, Okay. so uh, this is... I don't know what he's talking about. Go away, go away, I'll do this on my own then. So the word grotty comes from and, and well done to Kyle for getting it on Facebook uh, it was written by Alan Owen it's turned off love it's not oh it was written by Alan Owen uh, and it was first said by uh, George Harrison in the Beatles film A Hard Day Night don't believe it well it's true A Hard Day's Night his mum probably said it before no 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 the, Alan Owen wrote A Hard Day's Night and he came up he invented the word grotty how many words have you invented loads but we've got a man out there who reckons he invented the word twonk I've heard that before yeah that's that's not true people that's... do think that they've invented things when they haven't yeah I invented the word shindiggery did you yeah I did well done Thanks very much indeed. Oh eight four five nine four double five five double five. Well, on, on the, we're talking about this uh, horrific story uh, about a gentleman who was stabbed several times. Um, oh, we'll come to that in a second. Let's go, quickly go to on the subject of uh, grotty, which is which is a proper word. First said by George Harrison of the Beatles in nineteen sixty four uh, in the film A Hard Day's Night, which I've not seen for a while, and I, I think that warrants a rewatching at some point. Grant in Milton Keynes. Good morning, Grant. Hey, how you doing? Yeah, I'm good, thank you, Grant. What would you like to say? Um, well, someone told me 
the, the word grotty was first used in a hard day's night. I think George says it when they're in the mirror having a shave or, or at some other point, maybe. Yeah, uh, yeah, I think I just told you about 30 seconds ago. Is that, did, you, did you know that as well? Yeah, I, I just said it on the radio. I know, I, I had to turn off. I was in my car and then I had to go to work, so... Uh, oh, OK, so well, let's pretend, let's pretend I've not just said it on the radio because I, I don't want to okay. steal your thunder. Now, I believe Grant knows the answer to our question we've been posing. Our uh, quiz... Monday fun quiz question we've been posing all morning. Where does the word grotty come from? Grant, where, where do you think the word grotty comes from? I think it was first used in the Beatles from A Hard Day's Night. Really? Let's... That's what, I, that's what I've heard. Let's find out if you're right... Well done, you've got the, uh... Oh, hang on. Awesome. Uh, hang on, nearly finished. There you go. You've got the fun fanfare, Grant. Well done, and you win a lifetime supply of petrol. Beautiful, I look forward to receiving you, that. You, we will send it through the post in Jiffy Bags. Thank you very much indeed, Grant. Uh, just for legal reasons, I have to say that uh, Grant will not be receiving any petrol in Jiffy Bags. They'll just be normal brown envelopes. Uh, yes, we've been talking about this subject, about uh, the, the gentleman who was stabbed as uh, he was he was lying in bed. Imagine this. How terrifying would this be? You're lying in bed with your missus. You're asleep. You're woken up by the sound of your daughter screaming in the next bedroom. You get up, try to open your bedroom door, and you can't because there are people on the other side holding your door shut. How terrifying must that be? Unfortunately, he managed to open the door and then he got stabbed several times. He's in hospital. He's doing well. But uh, how would you react if you had burglars in your house? We're hearing lots of big man tough talk. Yeah, I'd stab him. Some fella's got a commando knife. Oh, dear, really? I'd stab him. I'd kill them. If you've never been in that situation, you can never know exactly what you would do. You really can't. I would like to think that if there were burglars in my house and they were just wanting to take my stuff, I would let them take my stuff. Not bothered. Take it. Take the TV. Take the video. The video. Uh, Take whatever you want. If they started hurting my children or my wife, then that would change things, and then I would have to radically rethink what I would do. We're getting people saying they would fight them or stab them or all these things to protect their DVD player. For goodness, you can get a DVD player for 15 quid down Tesco's. Why are you bothered about that? Why are you bothered about things? Well, asking why you bother about things, Tony makes a good point, actually. Tony says, uh, a neighbour has had his home broken into last week. He had his house ransacked. He has to leave it in this state so the insurance assessment can take place. This is over a week that my neighbour has had to live in his ransacked home. That's bad stuff. As I spoke to him at the weekend, you could see he'd been crying. He said to me he's had enough and he's even thought of taking his life. He has some good friends and they're looking after him. His father had died earlier in the year and with this burglary, it nearly pushed him over the edge. The burglars took sentimental stuff that belonged to his dad. This man is devastated. Okay. Does that make things slightly different? Of course it does. There's there's the human aspect of the story and sentimental things, particularly when your dad's just died as well, they are different things that can never be replaced. Still, with the greatest of respect, I have to say, they're still just things. My dad died this year. All I've got is a watch. It's not a particularly nice watch, but he gave it to me, and I've got it. And it's broken, I need to go and get it fixed, and I'll start wearing it. And I'll be upset if that got taken. I'd be upset, of course I would. But, 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 
still just a thing. And, and my dad is, you know, he's kind of around me when I want him to be around me. Am I being a bit cold and callous? 08459 555. And do you have any sympathy for burglars at all? would love to speak to you with... Uh, uh, if uh, you do, oh eight four five nine four double five five double five. It's not often I'm in agreement with Ian, says Phil, but he is spot on regarding what is important if someone breaks into your house. As much as we'd like to uh, do away with these people, um, life is too short, says Phil. Oh eight four five nine four double five five double five. Let's have a quick look at the front pages of the newspapers, shall we? But if we go to the Sun, look, I'm a celebrity has started. I've missed the beginning of this. I was asked to do I'm a celebrity a couple of years ago. I turned it down. I turned it down. Uh, who are these celebrities? Oh, look for goodness sakes! Look, each day, acid tongue sung columnist Katie Hopkins uh, gives the verdict on another. So Joey from Towie, okay, right? Steve Davis. Kian is from Westlife. Rebecca, now she's a sports lady. I don't know who she is. Lucy, I don't know who Lucy is. She's in uh, Emmerdale, I think. Now, Alfonso is in the Fresh Prince of Bel-Air. No, not him. Not him. Him, that's it. That's him. What are you doing? The dance. Dancing. Is that that? This... Now this is a story all about how my, my life, life got, got flipped and upside, upside down. down. Well, I'd like to take a minute to just sit right there. I'll tell you how I became the prince of a town called Bel Air. Look at the state of your hair. You're a mother to two children, Catherine. Sort it out. <laughs> sort it out. Um, Matthew Wright, um, David Emmanuel, um, not Fat Pat, uh, Mo. Not Little Mo, Big Mo. Eat it, Little Mo. That's the only thing. That's the only quote I can do from EastEnders. Eat it, little more. Was that was that that was little more? Was he? Do you want a rough and tumble, sweetheart? Oh, oh no, you did the grot bags voice. Uh, and I've got no idea who this woman is at the end. I'm guessing she's a sex model, sexy model. That's, that's all I know. I, I, I do quite like the jungle, but I don't really know who any of these people are. I think they've had a. I think they've booked some duds this year. Let's be honest. Let's hope they fly someone in a little bit more controversial, a little bit feistier. They always do. Uh, let's look at the the, the front pages. Um, they stink. It's all over. Hey, this must be about a smelly football story or something. The luxury hotel booked for England's 2014 World Cup is beside a reeking open drain containing human sewage. That means poo. The Sun has visited the shabby base in Rio de Janeiro. Full story, page five. I'm not that bothered. The Daily Mail. Google block on child porn. Internet search results linked to child abuse are to be blocked across the world in a stunning U-turn by Google. The world's biggest media firm has agreed to introduce changes that will prevent depraved images and videos from appearing for more than 100,000 different searches. Hmm. How's that going to... What, what effect is that going to have? None. Because, because I'm guessing that paedophiles wouldn't go onto Google or Bing and type in whatever inappropriate phrase... Exactly. They're not going to type in any inappropriate phrase in Google, are they? Because, yes, paedophiles are stupid, but they're also quite clever, you see. So what they'll do is they will find code words and ways around things to hook up with other people. They will go to chat rooms and uh, use alternate means... To find these images. You're not going to go into Google and type in, you know, hot kids or whatever it is they type in, are they? This is going to have no effect whatsoever. I mean, it's a nice bit of PR. 
It's a nice bit of puff and bluster, but it's not going to stop it happening. Is it? Daily Express. Arctic blast to last a month, warning as freezing winds bring snow and chaos. Britain faces a month-long Arctic freeze as a huge swathe of bitter air sweeps in from the North Pole tomorrow. Who cares? And uh, daring thieves grab stars, jewels and cash. Dear me, so Strictly Come Dancing was filmed in uh, um, Blackpool for some reason, and it was just—it was even more hideous than normal, more hideous than normal. I mean, it's a terrible, terrible program at the best of times. But ah, um... oh dear, what else have we got? Oh, eight four five nine four double five five double five. Exposed myth of the global warming pause. Failure to record temperatures in the Arctic explains apparent flatlining. Discovery undermines climate change's sceptic uh, argument that phenomenon has stopped. Front page of the Daily Telegraph. Oh look, it's Dame Helen dressed as lamb. The mutton is dressed. No 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 no. Oi! Stop this. Leave her alone. Why? Because she looks amazing. She's showing way too much boobington for a woman in Let her... Let not, not enough. That oh, bow oh, is... hardly lovely. There. That Go bow away. is highlighting the cleavage, which should not be there. It's embarrassing. Listen, she's quite, she's quite a good actress, OK? She's quite a good actress. She's got a nice hair and a nice smile. That's and a fine. killer rack, and what's wrong with that? Oh, for goodness sakes, really. You're a mother of two, Catherine. Sort it out. Senior doctors admit hospital patients must be seen every day. What? The, what? That's news? <laughs> what? That's news? Hospital patients should be checked every day by consultants, including Saturdays and Sundays, the Royal Colleges have recommended. Really? Where did that information come from? Grot bags. No, it's not from grot bags, Paul, I, I promise you. I imagine it's got something to do with uh, grot bags. It's got nothing to do with grot bags. It comes from some experts. Grot bags. Same to you. Travel news for beds, cards and bugs. BBC Three Counties Radio. Things are still struggling. The M1 southbound between Junction 13 for Bedford and 9 for Redbourne. Parallel to that, the speed sensors are showing that the Luton Road southbound is struggling quite a lot as you approach Harpenden. The M25 anti-clockwise is queuing between Junction 21 for the M1 and 16 for the M40. The M40 northbound is queuing on the A40 at the Denham roundabout to the M25. And the A40 itself has queues eastbound between Denham roundabout and Gypsy Corner. A1M southbound is slow between Junction 10 for Bulldock and 7 for Stevenage. Also between Junction 4 for Hartford and 2 for Wellham Green. The A5 southbound is looking slow between Dunstable Road and Old Watling Street. And in Warrington, the A428 is still closed in both directions after a serious accident. Public transport, Metropolitan Line has now returned to normal. This is Alice Gloss at BBC Three Counties Radio. Right, it's 8.46, it's Monday the 18th of November. I'm Ian Lee. These are your headlines on BBC Three Counties Radio. A man has been repeatedly stabbed during a break-in at his home in Luton. There's another delay to the opening of a new health centre in the Wolverton area of Milton Keynes. In motor racing, it was a record for Sebastian Vettel in the Milton Keynes-based Red Bull, who's won his eighth Grand Prix in a row. Last 15 minutes of the show, you can give us a call about any of the things we've been talking about. 08459 455 555. But before that, let's get the latest weather. Here's Kate Kinsella. Beds, hearts and bucks weather. BBC Three Counties Radio. 
Well, it's been a rather misty and murky start to the new working week. We've still got some of that murk around this morning. It's unlikely to go anywhere very quickly. Bit of drizzle mixed in there as well. And it's unlikely to get much warmer than it is now. We're looking at a maximum temperature later on today of around 9 Celsius. Now, towards the end of play this afternoon, drizzly rain moves in towards us. It's moving in a southeastwards direction. It's a cold front, so behind it, much colder air. So once that's moved out of the way in the early part of the evening, is after dark though it's going to get very cold very quickly the sky clears and so the temperature's dropping down around two around zero so we may get a frost first thing tomorrow morning it's a crisp winter start to tuesday blue sky and sunshine but a strengthening northwesterly breeze means it's going to feel really rather bitter and there's a slim chance of one or two wintry showers particularly over the chilterns through tomorrow afternoon that's your forecast Every consumer problem has an unhappy customer. They've actually deleted the main account instead of attaching my one to it. We ordered it and when we got home we checked the measurements and it just will not fit. A company. We've asked the council, now they come up with a new excuse, it's not them, it's down to the highways. And he said, well I'm sorry, that's your policy, oh well maybe next time you'll learn not to open the box. And me getting to the bottom of it all. And they confirmed that they would return my excess and that my no claims bonus would not be affected. The JVS Show fights for your rights and tackles your consumer problems. Weekdays from nine, BBC Three Counties Radio. Have you got a favourite word? Yes, of course you had. Everyone's got a favourite word. Only uh, uh, Philistines and uh, ninny hammers would not have a favourite word. Well, a new book aims to resurrect some of the lost gems of the English language. Justin Daly is not particularly... Well, you're, you're, not, you're, you're not exactly Al Giles Brandreth or Oscar Wilde, are you? Thanks, boss. Appreciate that. Do you know who those people are? Yes, I do. Yes, yeah, somebody who wears a bright jumper. And who's Giles Brandreth? Jumper. And Oscar, was... Oscar Wilde? Uh, look, can we just get on with the piece? No, no, hang on a second. Hang on a second. Who... Who's Oscar Wilde? I don't know. Got no idea, I'm afraid. Wowzers. Mm. Wowzers. Don't know who that is. Okay. Okay. Mm. That's that's fair enough. That's mm. fair enough. Just being honest. I, 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 we like your honesty. We appreciate yeah, your honesty. Yeah, yeah. It makes we we find you endearing. Mm, thank you. Yeah. How's your neck? It's fine. Um, has anybody phoned up yet with their favourite word? Uh, no. Well, no. No. Hang on a second. We have right. been. So I'm right. Is that what you're saying? No. We have right. been very very busy, Justin. Yeah. Dealing with... So uh, who's phoned up with their favourite word? Nobody, is that what you're saying? No, listen, we're going to talk to you and we're going to hear your audio, which better be longer than 26 seconds. Yes. <laughs> and then we are going to... Oh, but then the, we're going to rack up all of the ah, calls. Right, OK. Everybody so, who's called in with their favourite word. Oh, 08459455555, uh, what's your favourite word? Mm, there's, there's, there might be space to squeeze mm, in one or mm, two more callers. But we've so got I spoke to you, what, uh, an hour and ten minutes ago and you said, oh, everyone's got a favourite yep, word, yep. everyone's going to be phoning up yep. and, and not one person's phoned up. we got... You... <laughs> come on, oh, mate. come on. Oh, Oh, mate, you stay there. The phones are about to go mental, right? right. Let's have your audio, then we'll get the okay. phone calls. It's been a difficult one, Ian. This morning, I've been out asking people if they have got a favourite word. Here's what happened. Here's Mark. We found somebody who's got a favourite word. Mark, what's your favourite word? Beer. So whenever you hear that word, it excites you? Yeah. Makes you feel good? Yeah. Hi, Marisa. How are you today? Good weekend? Yes, thank you. Lovely. What's your favourite word? Darling. Call me darling now. Go on. Darling. <laughs> Well, so just like I thought, you haven't got a favourite word, but some of your friends use a word all the time, which gets on your nerves. Tell us what that word is. One of them in particular is psychedelic. It's, it's, it's just a, a nonsense word. It, it doesn't mean anything really apart from psychedelic. Obviously is one of my own favourite words. It's a, it's a filler word. That's one. 
And that's a good answer. Um, but obviously, the, the, the question was, what's your favourite word? <laughs> I don't know. Morning, Sue. What's your favourite word then? Come on. Beautiful. How often do you use that word every day, would you say? Not enough. <laughs> <laughs> and why does it mean so much to you? Um, because beautiful relates to so many things. Uh, life can be beautiful, people can be beautiful, surroundings. Am I beautiful? Yes, you are. <laughs> Thank you very much. So, Ian Lee wants me to find out. What's your favourite word? Rest. How often do you rest, though? As much as I can. Every afternoon, if I get a chance. <laughs> afternoon nap, yeah? Yes, definitely. And I love it. So, if I said rest, straight away you go all tingly, do you? Oh, yes, definitely. Oh, definitely. What a nice little piece that was, Justin. Yes, Lovely. you know, simple but very effective. Obviously, n- no long, strange words in there, but no. everyone's got their favourite word. You know, something like beer. To that man, it gets him going. To, to somebody else, it was rest. But, but somebody else mentioning there about weird words that people use that, that mean absolutely nothing. Psychedelic. Do you Psych- ever use that word? Well, uh, I know psychedelic means something. It's, it's a psychedelic mm. experience brought on by LSD. Right, OK. So, would you ever use that in normal conversation? Not anymore. Apart from talking about music? Not anymore. No. Not okay. since I went to college. Now, uh, <laughs> now, listen, uh, we've got... We, if you want, we can chat for ages or we can go to the phone calls. Well, I just want you to go to the calls. It's well, your show and I want you to prove to I, me that people have got a favourite word. No, listen, uh, what I'm saying is I don't think you get enough airtime on this show. Right, Justin, okay. And I'm prepared yeah. to give you a bit more airtime. Oh, thank you. Yeah. Cheers. So what do you want to talk about? Um, what do you want to talk about? I tell you what, let's find out what Clary wants to talk about in, in Baldock. Morning, Clary. Morning. Hi, Clary. You're through to uh, Justin Dealey. What would you like to say to him? <laughs> Hi, Justin. Good morning. How are you? Uh, good, thank you, darling. Are you? Very well, thank you. Very well indeed. Um, my favourite word is Justin. And why would it be Justin? Because I really like you. OK. Thank you. We've got any more you. calls. Thank yeah, you, Clary. Yeah. Is it really your favourite word? Yeah. Oh. It rhymes with dustbin. I like that. It does, doesn't it? And he looks a bit like a dustbin sometimes. <laughs> Clary, I don't, I don't know what he looks like. I imagine that he's tall, blonde, and a bit camp and handsome. He's ca- he's, on. He's campson, yes. He's yeah. very campson. Campson. Thank you very much, Clary. Was that a real call? That was Clary and Bulldog. Okay, lovely. Okay. Listen, we're the we'll BBC. Take some real calls now we're for the BBC. favourite words. We are the BBC. We are not allowed to fake calls. No. Let's no. go to uh, Elaine in Bishop Stortford. Morning, Elaine. Hello, Ian. Elaine, you're through to Justin Dealey. Oh, hello, Justin. <laughs> hello, Elaine. Are you well? Good weekend? Yeah. Lovely. Elaine, what's your favourite word? Snuggle. Snuggle. Why snuggle? It sounds like what it is. Yeah? Something I'd like to do to you, Justin. Oh, you're enjoying that club. Uh, who do you snuggle with? My Dave. Yeah? We've got, we've got a slank it. That's another word I like, a double slank it. <laughs> a slank it, really? Well, it's a great yeah, course, yeah. Brand. Thanks for that. Any others lined up then, Ian? Yeah, thank you very much, Elaine. Let's go to Miranda in Henlow. Morning, Miranda. Hiya! Miranda, you're through to Justin. What would you like to say? Hi, Justin. Hi. Got a favourite word? Oh, I quite like uh, the word Frank. Why Frank? Just blunt and honest. Hang on a second. Well, why is Frank blunt and honest? It's just a name. You've got to be frank, can't you? You've got to be frank with things. Right. Okay. Okay. I'm with you. I'm with you on that one. All right. Okay. Thank you. That's Miranda, uh, three. Do you, uh, you do you like this? We've had a lot of callers this morning saying they've got the hots for J Dog. What, what, what do you think? Are you a fan of of, of J Dog and his work? Do you think he sounds <laughs> sexy? Oh, I love him. Yeah. What, yeah. Why do you love yeah. him so much? I just think he's brilliant. You know what he says and stuff. What does he say? Uh, like he says words and the way he says it. And mm. Is it because I'm Frank? You no. Know. 
Is that what well, it is? He's Frank, he's honest, yeah, isn't I'm it? Frank, yeah. He's right, honest. And thank you very much indeed. We've got Paul Scoynes is joining us on the line. Paul, what's your favourite word? Grot bags. OK, thank you very much <laughs> indeed. Uh, and Peter's in Wolverton. Good morning, Peter. Peter, you're through to Justin. Hello, Justin. Hello. Now, come on, help us out here. Have you got a good favourite word? Because uh, Ian is convinced that that people like you do have a favourite word. Is he talking nonsense? No, of course he's not. Everybody's got a favourite word. My favourite word is Inky Dinkerous. Say that again. Inky Dinkerous. Right, OK. Well, when was the last time you used that word? I use it as often as I possibly could because it's a very positive word. Yeah. It means good, wonderful, fantastic, supersonic, etc. I mean, it sounds fantastic, but when you say that word, do people look at you as if you're slightly strange? Yes, but yeah. I don't know. I don't. <laughs> you don't really care, do you? No. <laughs> good for you, good for you. <laughs> anyway, everything's inky dinkerous. Lovely. Everything is inky dinkerous. Peter, excellent. thank you very much indeed. We've got Paul Scoynes on the line. Paul, what's your favourite word? Grot bags. OK, excellent stuff. You see, Justin, we've had about half a dozen calls there. Yeah, any others? No, we've got yeah. we've got, we got plenty more, but yeah. I've, I've just decided... Can we hear them then? No, I've decided uh, that we've had right. a little bit too much of that. We, yeah. You can have too much of a good thing, my love. I think so. You, you've got to leave people wanting more, haven't you? Yeah, why don't and you I'm come... sure after that, I'm sure they want more. Of course they want more. Yeah. Well, maybe we'll, we'll, we'll do that... Maybe we'll carry this on tomorrow. It's been so successful. Thank you, Ian. Can I, I go now? Yeah, you can. Cheers, bye. Thank you. Ta-ta. Everyone's got a favourite word, haven't they? Uh, Ellen says, my favourite word is pufferfish. Immature, I know, but it has such a nice ring to it. Is that a joke? Have we just read a joke there? Is that We don't do jokes on this show, for goodness sakes. We'll have none of that nonsense. Um, let's have a quick look at this. Um, grotty comes from the word grotesque. Yes, we've got that. It's from the Beatles. Um, it, it, there is no... Uh, yes, it comes from the Beatles. I invented the word gullible, says Lino. Did you really? Fant- hey, hang on a second. We'll have none of that, shall we? Now, listen, don't forget, dear listener, there is a new podcast pops up every Friday afternoon, and uh, last week's is out now. You can get it on the BBC Three Counties website. If you go to the BBC Three Counties website, click on the podcast link. The other way of doing it if you so wanted to, is to go to iTunes. And if you type in my name, Ian Lee, I-A-I-N dot L... uh, I-A-I-N-L-E-E, it pops up and you can download it and you can subscribe to it. Also, if you'd like to leave a nice comment, I'll tell you what we'll do this Friday when we record the links for the podcast. We'll read out some of the comments, Okay, Good, bad and indifferent. We will read... I'll tell you what we'll do. We'll read the last 20 comments. The whole links will just be the the 20 comments from, um, from the iTunes page, Okay, We will read those out. Don't put, don't put swears in. So, you know, that, that would be... Uh... Yeah, we'll do links this week. I know last week I was a little bit too busy to record the links, but we'll do that. So go and leave a comment and uh, we'll read it out. So how's about them apples? And, of course, you can send me an email at any point you want, iain.lwe at bbc.co.uk. I had lots of emails uh, recently. I can't reply to all of them, uh, but I, I, I try and reply to most of them. Some of them, though, I, I had some guy who kept sending me emails saying, Ian, you never reply to my emails. It's very rude. You're on the air and you're constantly asking to, to people to email him. And I do, and you never reply. So I replied to him, but my emails kept bouncing back. Didn't work at all. So you can send me an email, ian.lee at bbc.co.uk. It can either be about something we've talked about on the show, or it can be a story that you think we might like to cover in a future edition of the show. And as I always say, it can be something huge that affects the whole country, the whole world, or it can be something tiny that just affects your bedroom. Send it to us and um, we'll have a little look and we might send one of our reporters along to find out exactly what's going on. This is BBC Three Counties Radio. It's 8.58. Let's get the latest travel news now. Here's Alice. 
Travel news for beds, cards and bugs. BBC Three Counties Radio. The M1 is looking a little better now southbound, although it is slow between Newport Pagnell Services and Junction 14 for Milton Keynes. Slow now between Junction 12 for Flittick and 9 for Redbourne. M25 anti-clockwise, though, is still struggling between 21 for the M1 and 16 for the M40. The M40 London bound is slow between Junction 6 for Watlington and 4 for the High Wycombe Handycross roundabout. On the A1M southbound, things are slow between 10 for Bulldog and 7 for Stevenage. The A10 southbound in Chesant is slow between Turnfold and Winston Church. Churchill Way. In Warrington, the A428 is still closed in both directions after an accident. Public transport has no reported problems, though. This is Alice Glossop, BBC Three Counties Radio. Alice, thank you very much indeed. Right, that's it. That's your lot. We've managed to cram it all in. I say managed to cram it all in, let's be honest. Thank you very much to everyone who took part. We're getting lots of phone calls at the moment during the show, which I like. Makes my life a lot easier. JBS is up next from me until tomorrow. Ta-ta. I imagine it's got something to do with uh, grot bags. Local and vocal across beds, hearts and bucks. This is BBC Three Counties Radio. Thank you, Ian. Good morning. Welcome to the JBS show. I'm Jonathan Vernon-Smith. It's Monday. It's nine o'clock. And on today's big phone-in, would you like to see hands-free phones banned from cars? The road safety charity Brake 